I'm doing my part. <laughs> Dude, I, I sent I sent people that gift the other day <laughs> for uh, some stuff that I am involved with in curtailing pandemic. I would uh, like to know more. Yes, I would like to know more. <laughs> Click. Dude, I really... Oh, no, I'm going to wait on that. There's so much to get excited about. We are both, everybody, minefielders. Welcome to Minefields. Uh, I'm not exactly taking the point on this, but I just want... I mean, like... We're so excited Who to, are do, you? to do a, uh, a, uh, a co- commentary track for Starship Troopers from 1997. Um, God, what is... Dude, you know what my favorite... Some of my favorite quotes in the whole movie are just the, uh, the sergeant or lieutenant or whomever it is that they're going in with on the Clendathu drop. And he's just like, we're going in in the first wave. That just means more bugs for us to kill. Like, everything (laughs) about that guy. He's got no name. We don't know. actually know what his rank is. I love everything he says right there. Remember your training, and you will will come back alive. Dude, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Love it. Love it. Starship Troopers, everybody. Starship Uh, Troopers. Starship fucking Troopers, man. And I gotta tell you, one of my favorite things about Starship Troopers was this ex-Marine guy... That mm. I worked with back at this one place I used to work at that would <laughs> worship that book. Got him through the entire first four years. And him and I just went tete-a-tete on like going back and forth on the movie versus the book. And Right, and of right. Course, yeah. Of, of course he pulls the, yeah, I got actually shot at. I'm like, well, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. why are we doing, why are we doing Starship Troopers. Well, the other day you mentioned in particular wanting to do a commentary track for a wholly different show. And I am not going to drop any hints on that one yet. Uh, The point being, there was a great deal of research you wanted to do looking into some of its... Backstory and um, comics, movie, yeah, comics and novelizations yeah. and everything. And then I started thinking, man, yeah, we can really fill some time. We're both. Uh, I'm not concerned about the idea that uh, comics won't be distributed for a while during the pandemic, Correct. but because I feel like they will upload them digitally and. We'll still get that content. And I know that the creators are going to continue to make content. And then we thought, well, what about our content? Well, A, there's so many comics to go back and read. Minefields was never intended to just be about contemporary work. Uh, We always wanted to do long box articles on older product, um, older material, you know, entire trade paperbacks and hardbacks and stuff like that. But we also talked about wanting to do uh, commentary tracks for 
some movies and I um I accidentally hit upon the Basil Polduris. Honestly, Basil Polduris, who is the composer for the music of this movie, virtually all the time in my YouTube screen, a, a piece of his music is is ready to be played because I listen to it so often. And like a year ago, I was playing uh, StarCraft, the original StarCraft all the time and playing the starship troopers complete score over the game just to keep me galvanized to do it dude it just comes up star trek starship troopers just comes up all the time and i was like i was thinking about all of the kick-ass little um propaganda videos and advertisements and uh news pieces in this and and thinking about how paul verhoven who directed this used the same tactic to glorious effect in both RoboCop 1 and 2. And I'm not so sure about 3. I don't really ever think that I watched RoboCop did 3. He, did he do 2 as well? Uh, whether You know what? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I think keep, I'm going to look that up. Keep, keep talking. I'll look it up. I'll yeah, you go for it. What I think... what I, I, I It doesn't matter if he did it because the um, the concept was retained. And even then, when you go back and look at uh, the unfortunate RoboCop remake from 2014... Oh, dude, um, dude, dude. They still did the same stuff. We both just fucking failed. (laughs) Erwin Kirshner did RoboCop 2. Dude, wow. I'm not... Obviously, the same kind of thing with news pieces and advertising to illustrate the um, volume of society... That we're seeing, most shows, most movies will not do that. Like, I I watched Foul Play with my mother recently, and I don't know if you know that movie, but I feel like we talked about it recently, and we talked. I feel like I talked about it when I watched it last year. They throughout that movie sprinkle in, you know, panning across a TV and it's running news pieces about a forthcoming visit by the Pope, and. That is, of course, the gag at the end of the movie that somebody is going to try to assassinate the Pope and these characters are hilariously trying to stop this because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a comic movie. Uh, but um, that's as close as I can think of that anybody ever does to, to foreshadow or illustrate anything that might be going on in a greater world. And that's the beauty of RoboCop. It's the beauty of Starship Troopers that it is our world in a future time and so it is altogether different than what we have going on and well starship well, troopers their, their world is drastically different than the world we live in right now at least most of us on this planet a couple of things sticks out of my mind starship troopers the movie is based on an absolute totalitarian uh, dictatorship it's absolutely fascist uh, you yeah, see yeah. the uh, you, you see the uh, the uh, sky marshal get fired, and like within a couple hours, we've got a new sky marshal, as opposed to months and months of bullshit and politicians deliberating. Uh, we also have the fact that the world is it's a world sky marshal, and I think that's right? one of the things I think that's one of the things that people have a really hard time digesting right now, and have had since the. Uh, since back in like I want to say like since '98 when we had landlines, Ethernet lines in college, the the first times we had direct access access to such fast 
internet and we started dealing with a global society. And I still think it's a big problem that people have is not understanding that we're, it's not just us versus them. We, we are one world. And people are having an extremely hard time figuring it out. I mean, we still have racism to deal with. I mean, they didn't bring up racism in Next Gen. They didn't bring up racism in, in uh, Starship Troopers. I mean, that, that, that's over. Like, we're one world. Uh, the other thing is, it brings me back to uh, back in uh, junior high when we're watching propaganda films that they would never show now. I, I can guarantee you if they oh, show... Oh, I to- know. I guarantee you if they show Torah, 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 uh, even in a high school or, or even in a in a college class right now, some fucking whiny snowflake would be like, it was racist. I can't believe he made us watch that movie. You could have gotten your ass up and walked the hell out. Uh, by the way, if, if and, and there's so many implications. I said Torah, Torah, Torah. Do you understand what that means, uh, fellow minefielders? It means tiger, tiger, tiger. That was the kamikaze uh, tune to time to die. <laughs> time to die. Uh, the, 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 all the propaganda they showed us uh, from uh, on film strips to illustrate what it was like during the 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 second world war where where you would see the the commercials get the jap and get out and yeah okay all righty uh even as a kid i'm like okay that's kind of weird uh but but people were buying this this was on television this is this is this is this is odd and watching a movie being told from that perspective and while the uh the main characters, and even a couple secondary characters, grow from uh, high school idiots to, you know, uh, not necessarily Sky Marshal, but, you know... Uh, they you know, climb in rank pretty quick in this. Ranking lieutenants. lieutenants. And, uh, even, like, secondary... Like, Zim. Zim uh, demoted himself. I mean, like, uh-huh. from... Uh, there's so many great things in this where, where people are invested in protecting their world. And, and, and that's one thing... That I think that most people don't understand, or didn't understand when they first watched this movie. I know a lot of uh, minefielders right now understand what we're talking about. That this is a global society. We have a uh, we have a threat from a different solar. Were they in the same solar system? Uh, no, you'll see very early, immediately after the opening title cards. When they go into the first, you know, know your foe moment, they're talking about where the bugs come from, what solar system they're coming from, why they're able to attack Earth from that far away. And um, but then when you look at that graphic, you're kind of like, how long ago did this war start? Because if they're that far away and they're propelling asteroids to Earth at like sublight speeds it's an impossibility so it's got to be a not to scale kind of animation but they are in a different solar system and they have uh they have uh, a, di- a different gravitational pull going on that's pulled apart lots and lots of uh their planets so it begs the question how are the how are they even able to do this the bugs and it does suggest intelligence and that's wild because when you get down to it, so many people in this in this story are like, how can they possibly be intelligent? They're bugs. Well, they're throwing asteroids at you. And like when it comes down to that, that's we can't even do that. But when you Not really get now. down to it, it's like any any space travel we try to do takes an enormous amount of mathematics 
and understanding to be able to get it to happen. So um, all of that aside, uh, you know, I don't know how far apart they're supposed to be. But when you think about it, it's not just a world we're talking about. It's an entire federal government. It's the federate. It's the federation. It's what they call it. And uh, you know, you'll see it as the FedNet and everything when you're talking about the internet. Um, and this encompasses, you know, dozens if not hundreds of planets because you can't have the kind of society they're talking about without being able to. You have to protect the world you're on from the kind of like heavy industry that's necessary to make this kind of a spacefaring race. So you'd definitely be wrecking other places. And uh, to be able to make all of these starships and to be able to make these gigantic like defensive rings around your world and whatever, you think about these crazy plans people have. They're like, yeah, we should build a Death Star. No, that would take more resources than we have on just this one world to make a, star sh to make a battle platform that's even that dense. And uh, most of that's uh, empty space inside. So then, you, you know, any of these starships you think about, it's just like the resources are just incalculable. Um, faster than light travel, all of this stuff. You want to get really scientific about it all. But uh, no, it's, it's a multi-planet federation that is ruled by some form. It is a military dictator, the title being the, the uh, Sky Marshal. And... Uh, and that's, I think, what, what furthermore we have to look into is this whole concept of, uh, of nationalistic pride and citizenship. Throughout this movie, you're going to hear multiple times people talking about what it takes to be a citizen. And then you get into this more or less infamous co-ed shower scene, and they're having this conversation amid I TNA. I want to have babies. Exactly. Can you imagine living in a society, and I know that the Chinese are doing this, uh, let alone other places on this planet now, that would control not only how many Birth. children <laughs> you're, you're making, but what gender they are, for whatever reason, you might need more or less of a particular type of baby in in those instances but the idea that you would be breeding out people who were not citizens and who did not embody the interests of the state politic so agreed agreed that and, in and, and of itself is horrifying it, especially the way from what we little we know of how the chinese approach it i mean but like when like I, I have a hard time arguing with the logic in this in this particular movie, as opposed to uh, you've I've read got the book. You, you've read the book. I have not. I've watched the movie a trillion times. I have a really <clears throat> hard time arguing with the logic in this. If you want to be a, if you want to vote, if you want to have kids, if you want to have any say in anything in, in 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 any civic politics, you have to be a citizen. In order to be a citizen, you got to do your time. I mean, the, the Germans do it just right. I mean, like, how how, how many... Like, Are they, they still doing so, it? Dude, they st they have so many foreign exchange students. Uh, you got to learn English. you got to learn German. Uh, they are so culturally ingrained in uh, figuring things out. And uh, whether or not you... Ha I don't believe they have to do military service, but from what I do know, that it's definitely encouraged to just do it for a little while. But even that I mean, they're not while, Israel... Yeah, but even that little while of, of, of service grants them more gravitas in, in their say. I'm not saying, and, and of course, uh, 
uh, I'm just certain there might be a couple people that might hear what we're saying and be like, we're, we're arguing for nationalism. That's not what I'm arguing about. What I'm arguing for is the privilege for your freedom. They didn't, okay, that's a good argument, though. They didn't have, I mean, they didn't really go too far into it, like, in order to, like, you know, buy uh, anti-civic uh, politic revolutionary literature, you had to be a citizen. What I'm saying is, in order to have an impact, you had to show your devotion to, to the system. I'm not saying the system was good. All I'm saying is, to at least have something to do with it and earn your right as opposed to how I see things in the United States right now where every fucking mewling cow can shit a kid out four ways from Friday, live off welfare like crazy without any way uh, contributing to society, uh, knowing how to play the system. People that do work the system, we see our taxes get like completely drained. And and then, and then uh, we, we, work, we work jobs where we see people that are skating off the system or... Or selling their uh, uh, their food stamp cards for drugs. Uh, it, it's you see it all the time. I will say this: I, if in in a couple of uh, in a couple of categories here, um, what what we don't see in this movie, and yes, I have read the book. I read it once. I've seen this movie hundreds of times, probably. But uh, uh, what we yeah. don't see in this movie is racism we don't see gender issues we see like a lot of equality here we have all races both genders whatever else you might want to consider going on that just doesn't happen to be explored in this or in any of the sequels as far as i'm aware uh it's it's it is the devotion to the state that that makes you who you are the only other time that, I've ever I, seen this done so well in science fiction is the Cardassians in Star Trek, uh, especially Deep Space Nine in particular, as opposed to The Next Generation, where they hadn't quite sourced, sussed them out yet. But what I'm getting at is like, okay, I remember one thing, having a conversation with uh, Dr. George Moses, one of my history professors when I was in college, and I was considering like overpopulation and, you know, like just having too many children he said there are times when having more kids is what you want think of germany in 1939 they wanted more of exactly the kind of children that they wanted so that they could outbreed everybody else and to put these kids into the system after they won the war they supposedly were planning on winning uh, so that they had these people in the next generation, in the 60s, uh, into the 70s, going on into their the rest of the Reich. And so what I'm not seeing in this movie is exactly that. Why would uh, The only reason I can consider that they would want to breed out any particular subset of culture is non-citizens. Well, Be- and, and then think now, of this, too. I pre- Later I in the movie... Later in the movie, Carl will come at them. Carl is, of course, performed by Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, He'll come at them and say, it's sheer numbers. It's us versus them. It's sheer numbers, and they have more. And you think about these staggering losses that both sides are having, but then you think about the gestation time for a person, let alone a bug, or as opposed to one one of the arachnids in this. 
good, and good, good it, point. It, clearly, they can the the arachnids can just come up with more insects faster. And what do they have to eat? You look at it, and it's like you're you're looking at these two societies. You see our society as it is in the movie, which is not our American society, versus a bug society that has no social structures based on anything more than what you were born with. You're a soldier drone. You're a acid drone. You're a a, a uh, like a cannon drone or whatever, you know. I mean, and you, loud and clear. So I, I like so, the way you built up to that. I, li- yeah, I love the way you built up to your point. Thank you. They're they're born into it. We're not. You know, we have these choices even in this society, and uh, or even in the in the the federal society of the of the movie. And um, what I think is most important about this, the thing that keeps me coming back to this, is not just how closely i feel like it makes me uh it makes me think of red dawn which in and of itself is a is a whole other show we're going to have to talk about at some point or maybe do a commentary track on but uh it's that and this is a little bit abstract um it's 1997 when this movie comes out the soviet union collapsed december 25th 1991 and the wall came down in Germany in 1990. And we were seeing an entire situation, an entire, like, the Cold War was over. So we're all looking at, like, we're all reveling in our freedoms. We're all reveling in our the pride of having won. And we're all looking at, like, okay, well, we're breaking down our air bases. We're knocking down, you know, we're, we're, we've got a, we had a, we had a, a Democrat president who was, okay, we don't need to maintain this level of the military industrial complex. And then here comes this movie that is unashamed to stick to its source material and focus. Yeah, you know, we've got these cute characters, these pretty boy characters and these beautiful model quality Oh, it was uh, the 80s. It was 80s, film, it was 80s filmography. That's, it was going to happen. Yeah, to a certain... Well, they, you know, there's a ca- there are reasons why we ca- they well, were cast this way, and it was because they were pulling these people from different age groups to portray people from... You know, these were television actors. So what, well, but what I'm getting it, at think- is this movie does not shy away from sticking to what it is through the whole movie. People thought that the book was, militari- was like militaristic was promoting the military and was promoting fascism. No, it's science fiction. When you create science fiction, you suggest the plausibility of what we should avoid a lot of times. Now, that's you good, watch that's it. Point. When you watch Star Trek, you're seeing something wonderful. You're seeing core worlds full of wonderful utopian qualities the betterment of humanity the the betterment of all societies sharing an equal level of this that or the other you guys need industrial replicators you guys need more plasma you guys need antimatter we want to make sure everybody has what they need because you joined the federation this is a different federation it is a national socialism it is not a nazism but the question we have to ask ourselves is do they need an enemy to focus on to maintain themselves i would think that they don't 
but because service service guarantees citizenship, citizenship whether it's wartime or not so so you're wondering whether or not the targeting of the bugs was something that was uh engineered for more wartime uh, when we get that... to that point, it could very well have been a false flag operation. So I'm not going to go in and and dedicate myself to whether or not the sequels are any good. But the third Star Trek Troopers Marauder, ha- boy, it really do- do- dove deep into their society. And one thing that it found their society found intolerable was religion. And yet, by the end of the movie a bunch of these characters turn out to be religious and they believe they have faith. They believe in God. They are praying. doesn't matter what their religion is. It was the mere fact that they were believers. And that has a ton that you like, go back, start, go to look at Battlestar Galactica, go to look at deep space nine, come back to this and see where that all fits together. And then even go to the point of looking at Star Wars and looking at how there's, you know, the Jedi were a religion that got knocked out by an empire. It's a whole different socialism <coughs> or national socialism, as it were. The, the thing I'm getting to is that I admire Starship Troopers, especially this film, because it stuck to its guns and said, this is what it is. This is what life was like before this happened. This is what it is, and this is what we're trying to protect and defend, and this is our life, and that is the way we want it to be. These now, people don't spend any time wondering whether or not there is some other way they could do it. What are the redeeming qualities that they did their job? And then when you look at the, the moments where they could have some compassion or question whether or not what they're doing is the right thing, they unwaveringly know that they have to protect their species and they have to protect their way of life. It's survival of the species. Now, yeah, uh, sorry guys. I appreciate, no, I I appreciate that. The only thing I forgot to mention, and I'm glad that you, you, you went that far was the fact that there's a couple things that you have to point out that we don't see. We don't mm-hmm. see the dredges. We don't see the dredges of humanity. Now, what I was arguing against was the fact that right. we, uh, is that we don't see the the the, the leeches. We, we don't see. We see people really trying to perpetuate the species and uh, perpetuate uh, Earth. Now, yeah. I'm I'm sure like in the, like in the latest uh, issues of Fantastic Four, where they go on, they, they decide to finish their original mission. And go to the the, the uh, different galaxy that they were supposed to go to before the cosmic rays inundated them and they crashed back on Earth. Yeah. When they get there, there is a perfect utopian society, and uh, they're immediately greeted. I mean, they they are in some ways, in a lot of ways, feared because it's prophesied that they were supposed to come and they could have been the destroyers. Now, when the spaceship crashes, inevitably. Uh, Ben Grimm is thrown immediately down into the dredges. He is thrown into, like... Oh, this, okay. Th- 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 this is such a base example, but, like, how uh, New New York in Futurama uh, is perfectly working, everything's great, but under it is a bunch of uh, all the all the throwaways, all the mutants. And uh, that's where Ben Grimm ends. Okay, and, uh, okay. Th- these people but do we consider aside. Ben we, we to be a mutant? See... I don't know. This is a... no, no, I think this is a story no, no, we need no, to... the, the... 
No, no, I'm getting somewhere with this. Um, so there's an uprising from them, but the thing is, we don't see that part of Starship Troopers. There might not be that part of thing, but we're still humans. There has to be that sort of uh, revolutionary side where, where they disagree with what's going on, but we don't see that. Uh, one of the best parts about that sort of revolutionary type of culture is the artwork. Uh, okay. we're, we're, we're missing out on artwork. We're missing out on literature. Uh, we're seeing all of the people that are playing by the rules. I do have to point that out. Now That is a great not... point. The only time we see anybody who isn't playing by the rules, we hear about people who took public lashings. We hear about yeah. you know, capital punishment. We see one murderer who looks so re- reticent, so regretful for his actions, you know? Well, because he knows uh, he's going to die in a couple hours because his trial's going to last very, very, very... Yeah, not very long, long at all. <laughs> um, now, I'm just saying we're not seeing that part. Um, in all societies in, in humanity, I love the fact that people uh, rise up. Uh, the anonymous uh, coalition of the hackers, I love those guys, uh, that target things that... I feel are universally reviled like pedophiles and corrupt uh, politicians. Um, I like that part of, th- of, of the revolutionary side. But then again, I'm one of the guys playing by the rules that is picking and choosing what I like and do not like. Um, I like the art. I like, but I'm not, I'm not down there. I'm not spray painting bridges. I'm not Banksy. I just want to point out that side that we're not seeing that in Starship Troopers. And that's a great point. Yeah. I'm not saying that I want to see that because I really love what they're doing. I'm not arguing for nationalism. I'm arguing for perpetuation of the species. And the the fact that if you want to have specific rights, like giving birth, voting, uh, having a house, going to the right school, you have to put the work in. As opposed to the people that I was mentioning earlier, that mm-hmm. no, no, I'm not saying anything racial, I'm saying, you know, because there's... Uh, every race knows how to work the system. Uh, every race has uh, its own, like, uh, I know white people hate those shithead rednecks. I know uh, the way Chris Rock did is one big bit. Um, we're, we're talking about uh, how I'm Mexican. I know that there's some Mexicans out there working the system. Uh, like, the back in Norman, when I know that Chris the... Chris Rock? The, no, yeah, you're Mexican. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, seeing a, a dude that you know paid $300 for a car, has no insurance, gets in a wreck and runs away. Because, A, he, does, he, he just lost 200 bucks <laughs> or, or, or 3000 bucks on a, on, a, on, a, on a 94 Mustang, crashed it, ran away. They don't know who he is. Um, that's what I'm arguing against. I like seeing people work for I their think... privileges. I think yeah, I appreciate that. Like what what it, the word I like to use is meritocracy, but I don't think that's exactly what we're looking at in this show. But I think we ought to get into it, and uh, if we yeah. have any yeah. further con- you know conversation about this, we'll hit it up at the end. And please, cool. guys, minefielders, this this show, this movie begs conversation. I know we, we could talk about special effects. We can talk about wooden acting. We can talk about ridiculous casting choices. We can talk about over-the-top concepts. But, like, what have we been talking about? We've been talking about science fiction. We've been talking about nationalism. We've been talking about 
uh, society. These are these are major takeaways. There are precious few movies that give you this much to concern yourself with. You know, we talk, the stupid things like how many bullets are in those damn guns. I mean, let's let's go. Let's see what happens. I want I want to okay. know what everyone has to talk about when we get through. Uh, but um, so yeah, you're watching I, this on DVD, right? Yes, I'm watching on DVD. You, you're watching it on CBS All Access now. I am. I downloaded D- it on CBS All Access. On on uh, DVD, I'm at chapter one at zero zero zero. It's all black. When if if just to make sure, I don't know. Well, I'm watching a Blu-ray. Um, yeah. If, if you're about to watch it, it's all black. When you hit play, you'll see the Pegasus start coming in. Yeah, that TriStar uh, logo. The the TriStar logo. So that's mm-hmm. where we're at right now. Um, I do have to mention that uh, Starship Troopers was the very first uh, DVD I ever watched. I was uh, house no way, really the, uh, house sitting for the people next door in the duplex we lived in in the in uh, Austin Air Force Base, Alaska, and I used to shovel my next door neighbor's driveway all the time. That's how I got my first guitar. Uh, and um, uh, when I was house sitting for them all the time, because they would go somewhere and I have to watch their cat. And uh, mm-hmm. hey, we just got something called a DVD player. Have fun. They had seven mon- uh, They had uh, twelve monkeys. They had um, uh, seven, uh, like they, they had a few of the, no, not seven of them, it was, but this was the first one I ever watched, and I couldn't believe how crystal clear it was, <laughs> and uh, it was it was a lot of fun, so uh, again, I'm going to take point, uh, we forgot to mention it, my name's Joshua Michael, this is my best friend, little old Colin. <laughs> a little and, late for uh, that. This is the this is the minefields, again, we're at 000 on both uh, CBS All Access and on the Blu-ray, and uh what uh, I'll I'll take I'll take point on this one. Um, we're gonna say one two three, and then I'm gonna say a specific word. And when I say that word, what word are we gonna say? <laughs> medic, medic. Okay, yeah, we're gonna go. We'll we'll say three two one medic, and that's when you hit play on medic. Correct. All right, you ready? Okay, I paused appropriately there. Uh, 34 minutes. No, get up and go to the bathroom and then come back, okay? All right. All right, all right. I'll see you in a second. All right. I'm not, I'm not stopping the recording. Me either. I can hear you peeing, and I'm going to leave it in the recording. (laughs) All right. All right, buddy, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Woo! Woo! All right, Woo! minefielders. Okay. Um, All right, we're gonna hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna say we're gonna start continuing at time marker thirty six twelve in two seconds. Okay, I'm gonna clap. And All then, right, guys. Uh, yeah, we're we're hitting it off on three, two, one. Medic. Medic.
the guy, the top of the guy's head was blown off. Why the hell was he asking for a medic? <laughs> <laughs> I know that poor dude. He was in a lot of stuff. I, you know what? I'm gonna have to look that guy up. I cannot remember that performer's name. Dude, okay, that, this music. That, let that me let me tell you. Oh, Basil Polduris. If you like this, this is this is the composer of RoboCop. It's the composer of The Hunt for Red October, Red Dawn. Go back, also, look it up. Also, notice the font was the same font from Total Recall. Oh yeah, totally. Well. Everything about this, it comes, like, people came from Total Recall and RoboCop specifically to work on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the kid. See, that's so funny because you see the kid and they think it's funny like it's a joke. But at the end, like, who are these people? <laughs> I know. They're all kids like, at the end because they, they've they gone through actual... all of the existing, they've gone past the reserves. From Clendalkin. See, when I, was, when I saw this the first time... I was like, this is a killer setup. But, like, we didn't realize that it was starting in media res, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, though, don't forget that these sort of, like, big nets were at the beginning of any movie that you went to go see in the 30s. Oh, yeah, completely, completely. So this is that graphic I was talking about. How the hell is an asteroid going to get from one side of the galaxy past the gravity in the core of a galaxy all the way to Earth? It just doesn't make any sense. I love the way they developed the story in this because we see the we see this being filmed later on. Precisely, precisely, and we're getting it from this is the in camera, like the the cameraman's perspective clearly, as opposed to seeing it. We see this from the film camera's perspective instead of the you know the cameraman's. N- not to mention the fact that if this was happening right now or anything similar, they would never show this on regular news. That, that like you'd find this on a. On a, uh, a bootleg dark website like those uh, videos of Jihad John cutting someone's head off, uh, uh-huh. they would have. They would have. If this was right now and the aliens were cutting someone's head off in some jihadist fashion, they would show it. They'd put the censored bar over it, but they would still show it because we're not a bunch of goddamn babies. I mean, I don't know, dude. We didn't get to see. You know, the, you, I saying, remember when I remember I'm when Saddam Hussein was executed. We saw it yeah. from that uh, cell phone video, but even then, I'm not saying I want to see that, but it's still news, and you still got to, it, 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 the, the censorship of the news drives me absolutely crazy, and that's one of the yeah, things I love rough. about this, is that we get to, we get to see, we get to <laughs> see it. Yeah, you don't need to see the guts pouring out, but you're still seeing what's happening. Yeah. Oh, Michael Ironside. Michael love Ironside. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I got a, I have a very good friend that I've worked with on a lot of shows, and she did a movie with Michael Ironside. Said he was the nicest guy. Oh my god, yeah. Is this I knew the a third dude or fourth that, movie? What, it, huh? Is this the third or fourth movie where he loses an arm or hand? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, that Denise oh Richards. Gosh, Denise Richards. I had the worst crush on her when this movie came out. Hold on. It's a reward. Wrong. Yeah. This is what we need to be paying Wrong. attention to. Yes. It is not a reward. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Unfortunately, the, the, the concept of threat... 
We're concerned about someone threatening us, so we have to carry as big a stick, if not bigger, than than they do. And, you know, this is a giant continent that we mainly control, so we have more resources to be able to develop more big sticks than anyone else around. Notice that she didn't reel when he hit her with her with his stump. Uh, she didn't. Got, yeah, they, I mean, she's been in that classroom at least a whole a whole year. It, but he still touched her with a stump. I, I guarantee that wouldn't happen now. Not to mention the fact they've got basic no. versions of uh, iPads. See, Johnny doesn't know. Well, well, they're making they're making the they're they're making the stark division between who goes where right now johnny's the dummy so obviously he's going to be infantry <laughs> uh we've got you know, the, the, the what i know yeah i know what you're saying yeah we're we're start we're already seeing the difference in what these people are capable of she's technically proficient look at this guy's jacket look at did you see all of those different multicolored jackets they had different yeah. themes, and I suddenly wonder: was was one of those guys? Were the, some of those guys in like? Were the are they letter jackets more or less? Like Johnny's yeah, but even not then, in one. What do those jackets look here, mean? Look here: the the fact that you can just go look up anyone's grade w- without. Oh, I know, and it's and, in full view of everybody. Thirty-five percent. Let me make that bigger, right quick. <laughs> I guess they're not. In sc- I'm still going over these jackets, man. I mean, it's not a school uniform. I just think they're doing their best to keep it contemporary. I really think they did their absolute best to make their clothes look as good as possible. Without making it too futuristic, that way, within at least within a couple, it's some, this movie's more than twenty years old right now, and uh, oh, don't remind I, me. I, I I can totally see people wearing that right now. Collared shirts, button up. They're not wearing oh, absolutely. like it's it's not like Back to the Future Two where they've got everything holographic and and uh, shimmery and uh, Biff and his floating uh, gang of miscreants, <laughs> right. Now, even look in the background. Look at the art department. That red and black, uh, that is indicative of revolutionary propaganda posters. You see that in so- in Soviet and socialist societies. You see that kind of sunburst pattern in uh, the Japanese Greater East Asian Co-Prosperity Sphere. That was the name Ooh. of the... And we got a Spider-Man villain-esque uh, Rue McClellan here. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Look at that. Look at that absolute amazing practical effects. Yeah, it's pretty revolting. I love it. Humans have created art mathematics. Uh, wrong. Mathematics is the universal language. That is how we're going to be able to communicate with anything. Is mathematics. Or the... God, I love those practical effects. That can happen if, then. We see, this have is that projection. okay. As a fi- as a filmmaker, that that girl who responded to the holographic representation of the bug, that's just too much, in my opinion. I think that's too much. 
Well, they still have to be a little campy. I mean, like that's one thing that I do I like guess. about Verhoeven is that he's he's as campy as he can be within sci-fi without being too 60s Star Trek or too or or at the far end uh even the way that John Waters gets all campy and weird. This is oh, look, yeah. look, he's got a flat screen. That was uh, a little high tech for right then. Shit, I need a flat screen until like 2007. Yeah, that's about when I got it, yeah. I do like the fact that they're uh, building Johnny as a dummy uh, from knowing so many awesome people that were in the Marines and the uh, Army, which are growing up military, were considered the less evolved. Uh, part of the military uh, for the the guys that needed a way out or uh, just wanted to fight or got pissed off after 9-11 and joined and, you know, just... I mean, Johnny doesn't come off as a redneck. You no, know? no, that's not, that's, a... that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the fact that they're building it to where the fact that uh, people like that, like, they're, they're showing stark divisions, but they're just as important. Just because he's not as smart as, 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 as Carl doesn't mean he's not as worthwhile. That's my point. I don't know, man. When you start considering the, the staggering amount of losses they're going to take in this war, I don't see how Johnny's life is... When you get to that point, your sheer talent, strength, survivability quotient is what makes you survive and progress but when you see i agree this is world war one where we were just seeing machine guns mow everybody down i'm just talking about mental capacity that that they're they're making a stark division and here we get the high school shit you see the airwalk logo (laughs) i missed that i see an at&t logo back there I think you can airwalks at pay, pay less shoes now. I remember, like they were the skater shoes in Alaska back in the day. <laughs> We've got some high school jealousy here that settled on the field. Man, I wish football players could do flips like that. <laughs> I don't think that Johnny is an idiot. I just think that he I'm not lacks saying focus. He is. No, I'm no, I'm saying, saying I just think he lacks focus. And everything He's will change for him he when he becomes a soldier. Agreed. But of course he doesn't have focus. He's a high school football player at the moment. He's he, right. his okay. eyes yeah, he's his a eyes, teenager. His eyes his eyes should have been on the scoreboard, not on his big titty girlfriend. And Diz here settles his ass down. There's another good thing that people need to realize who the good woman is. The one that really cares about you. Yeah, focus on the game. Yeah, it's it's fascinating the reversal of gender roles that we're used to in this in that it is emasculating to him. I don't think he found that emasculating she, at all. That, 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 well, no, not, not the team. That Dizzy is in charge. That she's like she's the, the QB. quarterback. Is awesome. What I'm, it, that's not emasculating. What's, what's emasculating... Is the idea that Carmen is going to go off and seek her future 
and leave him behind when what we've seen in movies for decades is the man going off, doing his thing, having to leave Great the woman point. behind, and she's got to wait or figure it out. Great you know? point. Good point. Uh, and then again, is it I emasculating? Think, Not I think so emasculating much. is I, the wrong word. It's the yeah, wrong word. I it, think it, it's it, a, a powerful, gutsy flip of the uh, of of normal circumstances. I think or, it's. Uh, I don't think it's more a flip. I think circumstances. it's circumstances. If it was a flip, it would be where the coin fell on its side and everything was balanced. Mm-hmm. Diz is the court. Diz is the quarterback. No questions asked. Uh, exactly. The, the the fact that uh, yeah, uh, uh, Carmen is going to go and pursue her dreams despite she loves Johnny isn't the the problem isn't oh my god she left Johnny isn't following him and his dream it was the fact that the people are making their own choices for the right reasons without uh, whether they're being selfish or not without that bullshit let you know I think that's what you were getting at whether or not like my boyfriend says I should do this or my girlfriend says I should do this they're making their own choices well. That's the thing. Even here, this is why I can appreciate Johnny deciding to join. Especially here. Especially here. We have this whole conversation with his family. He's already thinking about it. He's not thinking about it. He does want to see Carmen. He does want to be with Carmen. He is a teenager, despite the fact that Casper Van Dien was like damn near 30. But like, uh, at the same time, he has all of his own questions about citizenship and what all this is going to add up to for him for the rest of his life. I wonder what this sort of house was in terms of uh, status. Is this a parole house? I mean, like, yeah, you might go to Zegum Beach, but is is that did they spend years saving up for that? Is this a is this a rich person's house? Is this yeah? A... What does his dad do? Is he Kevin McAllister's dad from Home Alone? Yeah. You know, and we've all seen those those memes lately. I'm sure this is the future, and their prom is just like any other prom. They've just got campy lights, and they're wearing the only, ridic- ridiculous. The thing clothes. that takes takes me out of the movie, unfortunately, is like for one thing, you've got some. And I'm sorry if I'm dissing anybody, but you've got the uh, people on stage singing this song, who we've never heard of and never saw again, and. Uh, Whereas later in the movie, we're going to have Mazzy Star, her one monster hit, which, albeit is a fantastic song, but has no business in this movie, even if it was 1997. I'm pretty sure Mazzy Star was two people. That's what I'm saying. Okay, got you. The point being, it's too contemporary of music to be thrust into this movie, even though we don't know what year it's taking place. And the big Mazzy Star song was Wild Horses. So they it was a cover? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know. The one the one that I could call to mind at any given moment is uh, uh, Fade Into You. Poor Dina Meyer. So <laughs> I, had, I know one guy, he could be completely full of crap, but he insisted that he went on some dates with her. Also, hey, Dina Meyer, she's in Star Trek Nemesis, in case you didn't know. She plays Commander Dinatra, the Romulan. Well, 
Hell yeah. There you Don't go, forget man. that. The way uh, Picard said last night that fear is the uh, most incompetent of teachers. Yeah. I gotta say, I don't have any beef at all with these uh, with these goofy lights. I think those. I mean that that the truss and can lights back there I is. I don't have any beef typical. with it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's the prototypical uh, prom. Oh yeah, we get it's kind of interesting that like the, this sorry. guy's already in uniform. Xander's already in uniform. He's the ROTC asshole. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. Like, if that guy was in, if that guy was supposed to be in high school, I'm not saying that he's a bad actor. I'm not saying he's a bad <laughs> casting decision. But the whole idea that these guys were in high school at all, it's <laughs> just well, so well, hard well, to take. Well, think about it in terms of the fact that if you look back at photos of our parents when they were in high school, they were damn near like 40. <laughs> <laughs> they do kind of look like that. I go back and look at me, and I'm like, man, I was a, I was a kid. I, I just looked so young. I wonder what they called her, Diz. That's her name, was she Dizzy. The, was, was she the Dizzy Dame? No, no, that's not even a nickname. Her name is legitimately Dizzy. Uh, I know, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm that, making a joke. No, sorry. That even comes from the no- from the uh, the original novel. But uh, in the novel, Dizzy was a guy. My DVD is so clear, I can see the hair in his ear. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm watching this on CBS All Access. I'm watching it on Blu-ray, and this is not even like. There's so many there's so many things where you're like you're buying something on Blu-ray and it's an old movie and it's like it's not really yeah, it's on Blu-ray but it's the original DVD file just put yeah. on a Blu-ray. It does not mean it's the same it, it's it's beefed up in quality for uh, visuals. I don't know what that gigantic federal flag cost to make in the background but that was a hell of a project, I'm sure for the art department. I love this scene. Oh yeah. This reminds me of uh, how well I did on my ASVAB, and every fucking uh, branch of the military called me because I did so well on the uh, on the. <laughs> Not, it wasn't games and theory. It was the the puzzles part. <laughs> uh, there was like they would show you it like some of the if you've never taken the ASVAB they would show you like. What is this tool used for? There was one whole section for that, and there was yeah, one recall. entire section section for uh, puzzles. This is good foreshadowing. I don't recall many more amputations in a movie outside of the Civil War movies I watched. But why didn't he have robotic legs too? If they did that so much for his hand, was he just taking a break from his robot legs? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder the same thing. There's no reason why he wouldn't have those legs. Especially if you have arms and hands that are that articulating and awesome. But they don't blend in. It's not like Luke Skywalker and, you know, Empire or Jedi losing a hand. I remember taking that same oath with a couple of friends after high school and even college. 
I guess uh, things are the same way in uh, Holland for Mr. Verhoeven. <laughs> no, I think they really set that up for the uh, parting shot of the trio at the end great. of the movie. I don't know where they filmed this, but uh, I don't know if this is what Buenos Aires looks like or not. It's just South... It's just SoCal. <laughs> I know that Probably they did not. a lot of these interiors in Culver City, California, which is part of L.A. The, uh, Culver City is where the Nakatomi Plaza is from Die Hard. Yeah. And then the the way they did a lot of the out, I'm outside I'm sorry, Century scenes. City. I mistook. Um, Century City. Like, the way they did a lot of the uh, outside scenes of a Total Recall in Mexico City because it was just that futuristic looking. Hmm. That's cool. They also had a hard time breathing there because the air was so bad. He didn't bring a magazine for the trip or something? <sighs> yeah, it doesn't matter. The Federation will give him everything he needs. Futuristic silver bags. I was just checking those out, yeah. I gotta say, okay, despite the fact of them looking like they're in their 20s, they do a really good job, these performers, of looking at each other, staring at each other, their their facial expressions, their inflections, of making the youth come off as realistic. I know a lot of people complained about their their performances, but like I remember all of these girls that I knew and even a lot of boys who were that age who were total spaz in that time when they were that age. It just it's more or less what I'm seeing, you know. Agreed. A burrito. I, I love it's calling it a burrito. Is it a barrette? I so want to play the, with it. I know. One of the here's uh, a free bullet. Here's a free bullet. <laughs> give these kids live ammo. Okay, so this is what we were talking about that the uh, the murderer earlier. Everybody has to watch it. If you wanna, are you psychic? I wonder if that fucking John Adams guy, or whatever the hell his name was, that ghost whisperer guy. Saw that and was like, I could do that. <laughs> it's the same look. I forgot all about that dude. My goodness. I don't even know if that's the right name. Real no, name it totally him. wasn't. But... That dude was Censored. wearing more eyeliner than all the women at some goth clubs I've been to. Okay, so this is what begs the question. Did the federal... The, did the Federation send... Um undesirable no, are... Mormons to this planet to get killed in a false flag operation to get them to want to fight the bugs. You know what? I don't think so, because thinking about a couple months ago, when those dumbass Mormons in Mexico, uh, the out for their fucking uh, uh, missionary trip, 
they all get executed. I'm not saying I'm glad they were dead. I'm not calling the dead people. I'm not hating on dead people. I'm saying that you're you're going to a, a cartel infested area to go preach uh, your 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 magic your magic gold plates and glasses and shit, and uh, it's very similar to me. Yeah, I mean, I I'm getting to the point where I feel like, I, and I don't know that story. But it sure seems like people ought to sit down and watch Rambo 4 before going to some of these very uncomfortable countries to preach the word, you know? That is one of my favorite actors in the world, Clancy Brown. I know, man. He's the Kurgan from The Highlander. He's he's from uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Watch that, Alex. Do you get We me? get you, sir! God, that... That whole How come the, all of these the people tits? can't get their berets to settle properly on one side or the other? Okay, so there's the guy you're questioning about what he was in. I just had it a second ago. Yeah. Eric Brustcutter. He's like the quintessential dummy. Oh, I really... I mean, wow. That's horrendous. Just horrendous. I cannot believe how much stuff Career Sergeant Zim pulls on these people that is injurious <laughs> in such a way as to make their training more difficult. I love it. I love but it. But I guess he proves his point, you know? Now, she was the one that could really cut the mustard. Authentically, I always feel like it's a little bit tragic that she didn't become the squad leader. But it makes a little bit of sense because as the quarterback, she doesn't have to be... She doesn't have to have the same athletic prowess as the running back. And and that's what Johnny did. She couldn't have been. She couldn't have been a squad leader because everyone knew who who was number one to her. And that's, Johnny fasc- put, that's a fascinating point. Everyone knew that how much she loved Johnny, and Johnny put citizenship being squad leader ahead of everything. He made the right decisions. He never made the wrong one. Which is ridiculous because I think it took him a while to to get his focus, and I think he decided well, to do those things for him rather than thinking she's gonna, you know, Carmen's gonna hear about this, Carmen's gonna ask, Carmen's gonna check in on me and find out that I'm squad leader, blah blah yeah. blah. Like, Good point. He, I I want I might have the timing a little bit messed up in the in in the pace of the story, but my impression is that he didn't he didn't become squad leader. For him, or for her, he did it be, to be cut for him. Good point, and he does make one mistake. He makes one mistake when he uh, uh, chooses to uh, have uh, one of his troops take the helmet off. Yeah, that's an interesting point, and I, I, I can appreciate that in the scope of filmmaking, because if it's not your job, you don't mess with it unless you're asked to help. Look at her neck. Oh yeah, that that bruising is awesome. I never I really never noticed good. that before. Oh yeah. Hey, buddy. I like that her hair isn't perfect there. You know, like her hair is obviously super curly, 
She's been through some stuff that day. She's in boot camp. She shouldn't look like a model. She's awesome. I love the work that they did with her to let her look chill. Now, Ace, on the other hand, his hair is astonishing and awesome. How how long would it make take to make this this set? I mean, seriously. Uh, this is a... Aspects of the... I mean, with those weird tents and stuff like that, and then some of these... Uh, I mean, those are more or less props with special effects. Um... When it comes to the knife things, and then this gag they're about to pull here. Uh, this looks like two weeks of work to me. To build that whole fucking set. Could be more. Put your hand on that wall. I think the unfortunate piece I have with this is how strategically placed his hand is for this special effect. Or the fact that 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 fucking throwing star or throwing knife went into pure metal, exactly. so easily. Maybe he's just that strong. <laughs> we cannot push a button if you disable his hand. We almost need to play a drinking game for so many of these quotes. Now I do like uh, what you're talking about. Like no worries about gender here because there's not some creepy guy in the corner jerking off. Like they're just there to shower. That's it. Get in. Get out. And I love this nosy reporter. And, he, and he's yeah. having fun. He's having oh, fun with you know it. That's, what, that's, why do you think I have so much fun with it? <laughs> In the when trenches. When we think about typecasting, unfortunately, he ends up playing another Space Marine type character in an episode of Star Trek Voyager, like, within a year of this. I really love the character of Sejumi. This dude here. Uh, I love his attitude. I love his personality. I love everything that, like, being galvanized for the work. Sky Marshal. I already did it for a girl. What is that weird piece of technology behind her head? Which isn't to say I'm not paying attention to all of the other things that we should be looking at here, but it's just like, is that a? It's a, it's a space player? soap. It's a soap. It's a space. Yeah. It's a Which space shampoo soap would you dispenser? like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. It is some kind of dispenser. I love the fact that they they class it up that he's not some dickhead, you know, jamming on some playing some John Mayer or some. Uh, John Cougar Mellencamp or Dave Matthews. He's playing some classical music on a on a violin. Oh yeah. I, I, I love the camaraderie. Actual a hole right there, rather than I, just butt. I love the camaraderie here. You know that's, that's the a, fun thing is that everybody seems to like one another. They're all in it together. I, I can't believe I can't believe these guys have this much energy after any day of training. You know. Yeah. And the is she sending a like? Are they sending actual discs or these like email transmissions? I'm. They, I, I can only hope that they're like transmissions. Yeah. I, so this I is Amy Smart right here. So I just I worked with, on that tornado movie with. Love her. Oh, she was sw such a sweetheart. She was just holding it together, looking looking gorgeous. You know. All these years later. She was so cute in all of these movies in the 90s. And then, you know, 
Uh, Rat Race still is looks my awesome. Oh, those are early 2000 Rat Race. She was just so nice. This is just so gorgeous to look at, man. I know this is a massive mixture of practical modeling and uh, special effects. Earlier so what we, we have to pay attention to when it comes to the special effects in this movie is that there were different squads of special effects teams working on different aspects of this. Um, the spaceships were supposed to be one one crew. The uh, CG was supposed to be handled by somebody else, and they were all basing their CG on practical modeling and puppeteers. And then, So um, this isn't a matte painting. Uh, some of it might be, but matte paintings were on the way out uh, at this point in the 90s, unfortunately. One of the, one of the p research pieces I hit earlier um, before we started recording indicated that while um, I think it's Paul Tibbetts was doing so much of the stop motion animation... Uh, he was put in charge of special effects overall, and Sony... Is it Sony? I can't remember the name of the company now. I don't know. Um, one, of the, one of the organizations that was, in, that was working on special effects was like, no, we have to put it on entirely. And so they were overwhelmed with having worked on Independence Day and uh, several other pieces. So to hit their release dates on time more people had to be brought in to space this stuff out. The movie just got more and more and more expensive as it went along, so it reached the, broke the uh, $100 million mark for sure. Every time I see like movies that can be dated by the actual technology they're using, all I can think is all you got to do is just CGI out the uh, concave television screens and just CGI in some flat screens. Like, when you're watching, like, Alien. That's the thing, yeah. When you go back and look at Alien, something about all of that dated technology really works, in my uh, opinion. Especially because, on a freighter. On a freighter. Yeah. <laughs> it, it works because that's what we saw in truck stops across the nation as children. And because that universe is so used, you look at Star Wars and you have these little flat screens and the, you barely see any graphics in the Millennium Falcon. You don't see hardly anything in the way of language presented except in the X-Wing when R2-D2 is beeping and stuff. But it's a used universe and things aren't polished and clean. It's not Star Trek. But like when you look at this, it's chunky, it's realistic, it's almost brutalistic in some, some ways. But um, or brutalist, I guess is the word I'm looking for as far as the art. What? But then you look at the graphics for like, hey, this is the best that we can do for 1996 when we were filming this. Like looking at their screens and stuff like that, and to a degree, I kind of hate what I'm looking at. I don't, uh, I, don't I don't mind it at all. Like I, I do. One of the things that point uh, that really sticks out to me is when you're in high school and or wherever you are, and you're moving on from one point to another, and uh you want someone to go with you and they just can't go on the same path and you find someone that is on the same path with you. Like, yeah, like, like, it, like any teenager could have seen this, like, man, why isn't he with Johnny? I can't wait for the end of this movie where she ends up with Johnny. No, it's not going to happen. She already found her dude. They're on the same path. 
Get yeah, over it. Yeah, it's true. Get the over thing, it. That's, that's kind of the case. That's why, I mean, it's... Look at that. That I mean, sorry, that just looks like crap. This looks awesome. But, like, that, that dippy computer screen graphic just does not sell the point to me. So, okay, what I'm... What, yeah, man, I mean, you go back and... I could only hope that this would have the popularity with these actors that we would... Like, you look at Twilight, or you look at Fifty Shades, or something like that, and it's like, you know, Team Jacob, Team, team uh, Edward, or whatever, and it's like, well, who's he supposed to fall for? I don't think that we see that when it comes down to... I mean, it's a role reversal. What girl is he supposed to be after, as opposed to what guy is she supposed to be after, you know what I mean? Agreed. But uh, I, I uh, vote that we never bring up... Uh... Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight in our podcast ever again. Oh, dude, I don't know. There's, <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I have watched almost. I haven't seen all of the Twilight movies, but there are some f- interesting, fascinating, redeeming qualities to those movies. <clears throat> Damn right. Here we see Johnny Shine. And, and I think it's that business there where it's like, okay, he showed physical prowess here, and he showed a whole lot of uh, team leadership. Yeah. I mean, there was that, but Dizzy, I think, could do that. I think Dizzy could have done that. I, I agree. I agree. The mere fact of the matter was that they ran a play. They ran a concept off of a play that was built around something they did together in high school, which A, makes them a good team, and B, suggests that he would be the one who did the, did the action that, they, that the uh, sergeants saw. I think, uh, I think you should watch more football, dude. <laughs> All right. Oh, look. No, you're right. Yeah, they are getting, like... Video discs or something. Flash drives. <clears throat> Play message. Yeah, a little disc. A little mini disc. It's spinning. I wonder if they had to Look do at that her. She gets... She, she's, she's a pilot. So she gets her own giant quarters with a vanity station and a, and a couch and... Yep. Whatever, and he's in the MI, and he is in there with like thirty other people. I still dig it. Uh, it's it's it, it's pilots don't need that many many people around them. Oh well, good point. Yeah, they get treated a little bit different. I've had I've had a girlfriend tell me this before, where she decided to go on one path and. We just couldn't go the same way. I didn't take it the way I wish I could have. But uh, I like the way he does take it. And I like how adult they are throughout the movie. And that's that's something I hope people can see. Because I know a lot of you sci-fi geeks are still pining after some bitch from fucking 15 years ago. It happens to a lot of people. It happens. there's, There's so much that we all have to grow out of. Peace. She broke up with your ass, motherfucker. And and look at look at that. She she wasn't even like smiling. See, that's the thing. She knows she stands a chance, but she doesn't want to see Johnny hurting. Uh, agree. That's it, why like, she's awesome. We're talking about a, growing into an adult here, maturity, and that you're you were correct. It she it hurt her 
that Johnny got hurt. Any other any, any other people their age right now would have been smiling their asses off and texting people and doing some TikTok shit. Dude, check out the the iridescence on the uh, dog tags. That's awesome. Oh yeah, totally. I'm seeing it not probably as hot as you're seeing it on your DVD. My I am checking out everyone's killer hair. God, I want th- I want that holster. My dad has like four of them. What holster? I totally don't know which one you're talking about. The one Zim has, dude. Oh, the tactical, the leg, the drop leg holster? Yep. Dude, I've got like three of those. I can hook you up. I want I want one that, that'll hold a knife and a gun and the other one to hold a, a fanny pack wrestler style. <laughs> okay, now these... check this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a mention of something. Army so, soldiers. Look at the uh, soldier. Look at the uh, targets they're hitting. They're beefier. They're div- they they're they're they don't look like them. Now this isn't because they were trying to have them fight. Okay, I'm sorry. The armor that they're wearing is the inexpensive comparatively armor that they could get for this movie that they could develop for this movie but in the book oh look at that practical effect i know that was a little <laughs> it was pretty close pretty pretty close to medic. Was, i'm sorry his yeah. brains are blown out you don't need a medic Poor you need kid. a fucking meat wagon <laughs> need a corman uh the point i'm getting at is that in the book the uh mi bounce around with jet jet rocket like leg pieces and they run around in power armor that makes them Ooh. the physical equals of the arachnids or the skinnies who they are bombing at the beginning of the book. Like in G.I. Joe? Like in the G.I. Joe movie? Uh, no. No. Power armor, man. Like, uh, like Edge of Tomorrow kind of thing or maybe even E-frames sort of like Exosquad. Uh, and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, let me know and I'll tell you all about Exosquad. Um, we're aliens, the power loader, but for like combat instead of, you know, uh, yeah. Like in the GI Joe movie when they get those super powered suits. Oh, I'm sorry. That movie that doesn't exist. Okay. Um, so anyway, the, uh, (laughs) Dick, (laughs) no, I I refuse to refuse to accept that movie as a, as anything GI Joe. So, um, the point I'm getting at is that I feel like those targets are in, are indicative of a concept that they would be fighting those fighting people in power armor, and that's what they needed to be uh, all right, all right. training on. Sorry, long story long. Wrap it up because we got some lashes to take here. Yeah. Now, now this is what I love is that I know. we what we didn't get from Full Metal Jacket was the humanization. I, yeah, exactly. Of, 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 this of is Ar- a beautiful of Arlie, moment of Arlie Ermy. If Arlie Ermy could have done something like this. It would have been a, a little bit different. I love the fact that he did that. I, trust me, I know. That we know Zim is taking his lashes. Mm-hmm. And that makes him so much more badass. And then we've got Mr. Dean Norris here, one of my favorite actors of all time. He's in all the Parver Hope movies that kick ass. Um, Total Recall. He was the dude on Mars that had that fucked up face. Look who's talking. Yeah, that's right. Um Oh, I didn't realize he was squad leader. I never saw that on him before. Well, they gave it to him because Rico yeah. was demoted. Yeah, but I never noticed that he had the he had the uh, 
Well, and that's th- why they get into so much crap so fast when they do, do land on Clendathrew soon, is because Ace doesn't know what to do. Do you think is in any way a cultural uh, reverse specifically picked for a black man to be whipping a white man on this? Um... You know, I don't know. I've never heard anyone concern or complain about that. I'm not concerned uh, or complaining. Not at all. I, I just, but that's exactly the kind of thing that I would suspect from anybody who who got hot about it. You and I are having a conversation about it. It's an interesting point. I automatically start thinking about when this movie came out, and I could be wrong because it could have been in the early 2000s, rather, that there was that kid in Singapore who got in trouble for, like, spitting his gum out. And then he got caned. No, he didn't. He didn't spit his gum out. He tagged a bunch of shit. That was like ninety two. Uh, really? They, no. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was like that was like ninety two. Dude, I was, I was like in, I was in fifth grade. I know specifically because I remember seeing it on the news in the morning before I went to school. Uh, we'll look that, it up. We'll look it up. That that, that, that kid went on vacation. That rich little shit went on vacation with his his mom and dad. In in uh, Singapore, tagged a bunch of shit. They caught his ass, and then it was a big deal that they were gonna cane him. Right. Yep. It, I was in I was in fifth grade. OJ hadn't even happened yet. That was nineteen ninety five. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. International attention in nineteen ninety four. Okay, so that's close enough to this that I wonder, but I feel like. Corporal punishment is something that makes complete sense in a society like this. At all times. Yeah, exactly. Johnny took his licks. And and what a great point. Thank you. Because he took his licks. That, like, right now, if you... Yeah, do, he can stay on the path. You can stay on the path. You're not chastised forever. Whether you do some crime now, whether you're guilty or not, once it gets on the news, you're guilty and everyone's going to always think of you. As the dude that did this. Johnny fucked See, up. I, I don't he, know why the the young lady whose name I can't recall. Ooh, that's a cool gravity effect. Mm-hmm. That is a total gravity well. But like why wouldn't they also have felt it? Fascinating. But um, Yeah, I don't know why the other young lady whose name I don't know did it like went down washout lane instead of taking the the licks and like staying in. Except that it shows that not everybody has the same moral fortitude as Johnny. Why couldn't they have blasted that out of the sky? I don't know. I mean, there are two people on the bridge. I, what What the hell are you doing? Like, it's a totally different type of situation. They're traveling at sublight speed for whatever reason. Where are they going? We don't even know. Are they on training crews? Why are there two people on the, on the bridge? Like somebody, we never really see these ships doing any kind of ordinance. Uh, but oh, this this is something I read into. That's their communications tower. That just got ripped off the ship. They can't warn anybody that this is coming. And uh, since it's clearly traveling at extraordinarily sublight speeds. I feel like they could have just warped back to Earth and been like, hey, there's a giant asteroid about to hit. I don't know. know. The science just doesn't make any sense. Well, we're in between Star Wars and Star Trek here, and it's just the right balance (laughs) for me. What a great way to put it. 
Look at all these guys that somebody should have been on the bridge and ready to fire weapons at a, at a, at a given moment. He's, his hair is so perfectly quaffed. <laughs> he ain't no Captain Riker, dude, that guy. Dude, dude, look at his buddy just so pissed off. He, did you see him looking at him pissed off? And never yeah, look at this. Before. He took his licks. I, he can stay. I never, I never saw him look at him so pissed off. You should have stayed. Dude, Ace? Yeah, Ace looked at Jake him. Jake Busey, by the way, Jake Busey. Jake yeah. Busey, yeah, he looked at him, pissed off, put his hat off, and stormed away. Didn't Name even say two... didn't, didn't even say goodbye to his buddy. He's just so fucking mad. Yeah, sometimes you, um, yeah, dude, yeah, for real, for real. And, and 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 in contrast, at the end, when when he knows, nah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not squad leader. I don't, I'm. I oh yeah, correct. Uh -huh. in, in, in conjunction with that. We got some FaceTime here. I remember the first time I FaceTimed, I was like, this is it. This is the future. We're in the future. Like the rest of the technology implied by the iPhone, whatever. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. FaceTime. We were finally talking face to face. My God. That's how my dad has always been with me. No matter what I did, I, he was always like, it don't matter, just come home. He always did that for me, man. He yeah. always does. And here we go with they hit See, us. This, this is, implies... This is, this is their 9-11. <laughs> oh, dude. This We're is living the, in another 9-11 right now without any focus on anybody to be angry at necessarily. The well, Chinese! Arguably, I'm not going to be angry at the Chinese over I'm, this. I'm, and, I'm joking. <laughs> and and also no I of course you are and like I'm not even I, you know there are people we should clearly be listening to and the people who are getting this is all tangential but the the people who are getting pissed off at our at our president Laysai and uh and at our at our leaders right now they still have the option of who do you want to listen to you want to listen to the president or the scientists and doctors who are up there telling us what we should be doing whether or not the president says something. So look at this. Look, Okay, those guys start running. And then another squad of people start running. I love how the staggered approach with these background performers. This is some quality AD work. Assistant directors control these people to make this look like what it needs to look like. So they probably had five, six ADs. Or PAs in charge on this day with all of these background performers. And I don't know how many times they had to shoot it, but that looked flawless. And it's always one of my favorite parts of the movie. Well, now we can understand this sort of thing when we're rushing toward a TV and we find out that the fucking Taliban got us. Ah, the Taliban never got us. Well, you get what I'm saying. Al-Qaeda. Yeah, the... Al-Qaeda. Um, what, what gets me is the difference here. It makes sense that these guys are all in basic training. They would only have the one screen to go. It's the public like viewing monitor or whatever for certain incidents exactly like this. And then I want to say something about Buenos Aires here in a second. The, the thing being, I remember walking around in, uh, in a major mall when the um, Newtown, or New, yeah, the Sandy Hook shooting happened. And just the sudden quiet that came over the place as it was being texted and people's phones were pinging. And it just, like this pallor of sadness washed over everyone. 
in that mall. And it was like, now, holy now, crap, I am seeing this like have, it's an infection going out in every direction. we got to pay attention to the scene here. Oh, this is big, yes. I didn't learn from one mistake. That is what a man does. He mans up and says, I made a mistake. That's solid. That's solid. And I love the fact that his superior officers recognize his his ability. Yes, it is, sir. He didn't lie. He didn't lie. If he'd have lied, he'd have been fucked. Oh, yeah, but then here's more of that humanity. These guys are human. They may be part of the machine, but they are humans. Dude, okay, so I remember talking to some people, and they're like, oh, of course, the Buenos Aires is where he came from, and that's where he's what's going to get hit. No, maybe Johnny is interesting by terms of the story because he happens to be from the place that got hit. Agreed. You know? Because the story never starts right when the thing got hit. Otherwise, it would be a story about a guy that didn't happen to be in Buenos Aires when the attack happened and so joined the military. And we would have seen him come in on the second wave and he would have been one of the soldiers like Watson. That should have been part two. That should have been part two. Yeah. New Sky Marshal. Sky Marshal Deans. The only good bug is a dead bug. So the question I have is, is the Sky Marshal the leader of their society or is the leader of the, their military? Well, he is the leader of... He or she is the leader of their society as per Starship Troopers 3. Here we go with Carl in his Nazi-ass boots. Collar... It does have that that Nazi esque quality. Yeah, but you can't you can't the, the, deny how it, awesome it, those uniforms well, you, look. You though. can't say Nazi esque because the fact that they got uh, Chanel and a few other designers to make their <laughs> and this is one of my favorite scenes. Here, her just hysterically laughing. <laughs> We're doing our part by making <laughs> pouring a bunch of bugs into the street for the kids to stomp on. Yeah, it's kind of horrendous. This is gorgeous. I like this setup more than... That is a than, beautiful model. Look at more, the way the light plays off of everything. More than I like the set of the Federation on any of the movies in Star Trek. Here we go. And we're reintroduced to the, to the reporter. And we're... Yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 the roundabout in storytelling is gorgeous. Because you know something as the viewer that they don't. And you know that shit's about to go down. Dude, when I watched this movie the first time, I was totally thrown by the whole thing that Johnny took it, took it, that attack to the leg. I figured, oh man, he's dead? All right. what? I don't understand what's going on. Or was that the same guy? And then my facial recognition did not work out well enough for me to realize this guy that was in combat uniform... Uh, that was the reporter was this this same dude we just saw. Yep. I didn't recognize the actor later. Great storytelling, and I love this. Respect. No bullshit. Yeah. No bullshit. And of course he's excited to see her, but things are different now. Yep, and she's pissed to see her, but she's. I've been putting in the work, and now you're just back because you, you're cute and you're pilot. But we're about to see a uh, rank doesn't matter throwdown. Yeah, yeah. Over a woman. Or I could say the same thing over a man. I don't think we should have 
these types of fights over anybody because I think usually that suggests a lack of... Well, don't forget, we're still human. I know, but I think that it suggests a lack of understanding of ourselves. Maybe if there was some sort of uh, implication that we've evolved past jealousy and have a nice, hard, like, centered sense of self-preservation that seems like this wouldn't happen. I think that we all need to look at the exes we've had in our lives and seen the amount of effort we've put into them and then roll into looking at ourselves and say, look at how much I put into that person in that relationship and maybe I should be focusing that much energy on myself so that when presented with the next probability of a relationship, I have enough self-esteem not to be brought down by the things that that nailed me previously you know what i love about it in regards to exactly what you just said because xander seems like that quintessential dickhead from high school and he's he's fighting dirty look at that elbow elbow right to the fucking ribs is the fact that he's he's still a good guy in the end he's still part of the team he's still an he's still a a a human and he's still yeah, they <laughs> but but Denise Richards is his woman now. It's 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 loud and clear. Casper Van Dien is not accepting it. He he needs to realize Well, he got goaded into it because Xander pulled that crap on him. I, I I know, I know. But even then he's still a good guy. Yeah. He's still a good guy. Like the the Oh, world... he's very I really respect him and his decisions and his concepts at the end of the movie. Right before he gets it. Well, this entire movie is making us see everyone from different perspectives. Yeah. Every, I mean, most of these people are, are pretty much three-dimensional people. Which is a very difficult thing to achieve if you're a writer. It really is. To, to develop the characters this well, where, where you think Xander's oh. the, the piece of shit... He wasn't like seducing. He's not a piece Denise. of shit. He's he wasn't. Just being he wasn't himself. He wasn't seducing Denise Richards when he was her uh, flight instructor. It just happened. It was already in place. I don't know. He was. He was it, pulling some serious charm maneuvers, but but that's it wasn't like charm. there was any serious competition. He, Let's he roll into this, dude. This is where it's at. Oh, oh, dude. This is exactly where it's this at. This music. Mm, this dude, is we get you, sir. Perfect scoring. You're goddamn right about this. This is D-Day. This is so D-Day, yeah. This is fucking D-Day, dude. We're doing this shit. I love it. I mean, think about that. Saving Private Ryan came out one year after this. So we just... We saw all of these infantrymen get casually destroyed... And then we see all of that in the in the uh, Omaha Beach sequence in Saving Private Ryan. It definitely changed my mind about how I perceived military service. And we got Sue Ellen Mishi as uh, the uh, commander. <laughs> Drop is 35% complete. 
I, I, you know, the asteroid thing that we talked about earlier is definitely amazing. But the mere fact of bug batteries is... It has persistently astonished me. You will survive. As a viewer for years and years and years. Yeah, remember your training and you will come back alive. I've gone to work a lot of days saying that to myself nice. and other people. No, someone didn't make a mistake. They just didn't know, and we had to figure it out. And some good people died. See, I wonder. Did they know? I know. This is the first time we've been... From what we know, this is the first time we've ever in any way engaged on, on the Klondothu planet. Well, we, there's that, yeah. We simply didn't know. We had to figure it out. We've clearly been fighting these bugs in lower-grade brushfire-type engagements for a lot of years preceding this, or other types of bugs, or the skinnies that we don't see or even hear of in this movie. This movie is such good suspense, too. Oh, yeah. Was that dude asleep? <laughs> Let's do this. This is what we want out of an Aliens movie, you know? Agreed. I want the Colonial Marines going in to bust up something. Can you imagine this sort of thing happening on, on uh, in Aliens? Where there's this many uh, troopers to fight against... No, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The Colonial Marines and the pulse rifles and... Nukes. <laughs> and aliens. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of dead bugs. Would have taken one little nuke to send into the uh, power plant. Look at that. I don't care what anyone says, that is still gorgeous CGI. That is incredible CGI. Oh, I think... I think... 97% of the special effects in this movie hold up to this day. None of it bothers me. I just love the fact that they've mixed practical with special. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't really build something that big. But even then, like in the dissection scene in, in high school, a couple of nukes. I do not like the fact that they weren't covered in flaming alien blood acid. <laughs> well, probably somebody nearby was. Was that a pod? <laughs> Come on, everyone on Earth knows hit it in the, the stem. <laughs> yeah, they watched uh, the Know Your Foe. Yeah. Dude, I remember watching this and watching them. Look at these. This is an entire fire team. And they are pouring everything they have into one bug. And I remember thinking about it and I'm like, everybody has to reload. I, it took you took all that to take down one bug. And how are they going to manage this like 75 bugs that are coming out of everywhere? Agreed. Kill them all.
Ah, and fill the hole. Fill that hole. And then what the hell is he doing up way up in front of their fire line? <laughs> he's like, jackass, is, he's the Tackleberry. <laughs> <laughs> Very good Police Academy reference. <laughs> he's the Tackleberry. Where, where did you get this, son? My mom gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was so glad that Betch died. <laughs> She's freaking out on the transport. She's just there to earn her keep so she can get fucking knocked up. And she's the first one to run away. I loved when she got killed. Here we go. Now, most most movies... The, the beauty of this is that we're focusing on, you know, about six core characters throughout the entire story. But they took the time to develop all of these secondary characters enough that their loss is impactful to us. Agreed. And so, uh, in a lot of stories, you get like, you know, Desperado or something, and even though they are the bad guys, or, you know, most horror movies, you've got a, a crew of six people, and you slowly, you go through those characters one after the other. We just saw two of our guys, three of our guys, get killed, you know, and now, now we've gone full circle and we're back here. And not only all of that, but we're going to see Rico get it. Well, way to go full circle halfway through the movie. As opposed yeah. to like the last five minutes. This is, yeah, a, this is like an hour into the into the production. Rico's about to get it. We see him, uh, the Luke Skywalker uh, regeneration. Uh, yeah, the back to tank. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think what I would have liked more in in that would be to see let me look at all of these guys a if you got taken by a bug you were not coming back nope. but there are always all of these amputations and stuff like that and it's like i figure if it's a general retreat they just left their dead and ran off this is not the united states marines nope they just got lost in the all right we're gonna we got we got our we didn't just get a bloody nose. We got beat the hell up. We're going to have to go back and figure this out again. So, it makes sense to me that the whole back to take type of thing that Johnny's going to be sleeping in is Jesus a one-off. But it feels like there should have been like 40 of those things lined up. It would have been really amazing to see that. It's just an expensive, an expensive gimmick to put, put in the show. Right in the, get in the stem. Gotta love this effect right here. Right in the face. Yeah. Federal Network. 100,000 dead in one hour. Well, now, I mean, this suggests somebody went down there to get more footage. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Now, here's one thing I like about this. It's 96, 97. We didn't pick a black woman to be Sky Marshal because we need a black Sky Marshal woman. They did it because it just made sense. They picked the right actor and it kicked ass. There's no question. 
they've established such a good storyline in this that we wouldn't question a black woman would be Sky Marshal. Not maybe because a bunch of snowflakes. Oh, that's the beauty of it. We've already made the point that like gender and race are not a concern for this for this uh, society. Right, and that's perfect for what they're talking about right now. Uh, a bug with intelligence. I find it offensive. She stomped his foot. Yeah, and and uh, the, like exactly what we're mm-hmm. talking about is the ignorance that we're talking about. <laughs> a, a bug with intelligence. I find it offensive. You find it offensive? Get the fuck out of here. We don't want to listen to you. We need to figure this shit out. We need to actually think that there might be a brain bug. Exactly. That's exactly. it. Exactly. God, this is fucking thrilling watching this with you. Thanks. That's still a lot of practical effects. I don't think that you could make CG like you wanted to... uh, I don't think you could make CG that made any sense in that time period for the, the degree of detail that was necessary for that piece. Or this scene here. Well, I mean, and th- this this in particular is not a place where you need to do any CG, really. I mean, nowadays we would do it to see this would this would probably look a lot more like nowhere in Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. Rico, Johnny, deceased, killed in action. Look, he's legit. Sorry, we're adults here. Dude, they all grew up completely he's not, after that. You he's know? Not, I mean, like, childish, childish days are gone. Any people I know now would be like, great that his ex, her ex-boyfriend's dead. Awesome. He would have smiled in the background and be like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. No, he was legit sorry he's dead. He's legit sorry because, yeah, I mean, yeah, for all all the right reasons. Just like we've been saying, I he knows, or he doesn't want her to hurt. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> it begs the question: How do they even know? But whatever. Look at her; she still loves him. Oh, she totally. Oh gosh. If I was in that tank and I saw that, I'd be like, "Yeah, okay." Now, when when it happens later, I don't think he should focus on her because that's his only option. I think he should focus on her because. They're obviously meant, like yeah, like that sort of love you can't, you can't uh, disagree with. He's just... <laughs> good, good point. Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes here. Oh God, this is awesome. Rico's roughnecks, <laughs> not Rico's roughnecks. I did it from later. Ratchet's roughnecks. <laughs> yeah. This guy. Okay, this guy. he's on The Walking this, Dead now. This guy. He's been on The Walking Dead for years. I hear, uh... Watson. Orders. He plays Watson. Orders. A lot of bunch of places y'all motherfuckers ain't never been to. And our motherfucking commander is gonna kick your ass. You better thank your ass you're here. <laughs> Real nutbuster. <laughs> he, he asked for it. 
Dude, yeah, I know. That's it's really funny that that's <laughs> that's how he gets it. He asked for it, and he's not even mad. <laughs> Uh, this happened before a couple of times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Oh god, I love Michael Ironside. Oh, I love it. He's got a complete personality switch, you know. Hey, yeah, uh, he's looking at him and like, yeah, I know who you are. I don't give a fuck who you were. One rule. I love it. I would Watkins. kill these. Seth Gilliam, that's his name. Sugar would, Watkins. I would kill to be part of a troop like that. Who? At ease, we're done with the dick sucking. We got battle plans. We're gonna go try to see some dumbass Mormons. <laughs> Gotta love this fucking movie. <laughs> Nothing. The only that. complaint I have at all about the CG here is looking at how, um, I guess consistently lit they are at any distance, the bugs. But I do appreciate that there are like scratches left in the earth where they where they've walked by. If they nice. dragged their if they dragged their legs instead of just like getting a good pinpoint in and then lift. That was a cool reveal right there. So, right. Uh, one of the things I understand is that they filmed this in Wyoming. And the production was plagued with weather problems, extreme heat, extreme cold, rattlesnakes everywhere, stuff like that. Just miserable time. I don't know, He's man. That, that sounds like a great time to me. <laughs> So those, they're all wearing drop leg holsters too because they're all carrying some kind of, I guess, sidearm as opposed to their main battle weapon. I must have two of those. Hmm. And then, I don't know if you ever noticed, but this, uh, their battle helmets and their armor have appeared in a handful of other... Other productions, if you watch uh, Firefly, these guys show, or the armor shows up as um, no, Union I armor in the train in the train heist episode. Never noticed that. Look at that. Right in the we eye. We only see it the one time. Covering goop. Yeah, we get I, it. I dude. wonder about that gigantic <laughs> flashlight he's got on his on his rifle. Uh, that's probably because he was from the future and played Doom Three on PS3. It's kind of rad because you have different different weapon configurations for various characters depending and. Or, or the fact that the guy that's carrying the the bazooka that shoots out the nuke isn't the one that actually gets to shoot it. That's Yeah, I just noticed that. Dude, that is a beautiful explosion sequence. It wouldn't happen like that 
but it just that was a great special effect. Sure, it would. <laughs> I don't. It's like I, I've, I've spent an unreal, unreal, unreasonable amount of time watching nuclear explosions on YouTube, uh, and I'll say that that is a uh, interesting niche about you, my friend. It is. It is an admission. <laughs> Boy, they really corralled those bugs. We got the big dummy bully bug big coming beetle. up. Why are Rico's ear holes plugged, whereas Lieutenant Ratchak's were completely open a minute ago? Well, because the explosions were so loud, they could only afford earplugs for the main characters. Maybe. <laughs> I remember, uh, I mean, I don't know what these helmets cost, but I feel like they made just... Oh, beautiful. Ugh, horrendous, horrendous. I, I know that, that they made, uh, you know, these outfits in a couple of hundred at least. Uh, I know that the, uh, the the weapons were all... There were lots and lots of rubber rifles, and then they made over 120 functioning weapons. And then I saw an estimate of how much uh, ammunition they went through the blanks. Look at this. How did they even, how did they even film that? He's just, his eyes are shining like he's about to, like, make a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see him do it. It's an interesting expression on Michael Ironsides. Yeah, you're right. Love that man. I'm pretty sure my hero Y2J, Chris Jericho, mm -hmm. or Stone Cold Steve Austin interviewed him. It was a great interview. Yeah, I have a my my friend I was talking about who worked with Michael Ironside said she uh, she had a very sweet relationship with him and he thought she was oh you remind me of my daughter you know and it was no. something they looked out for each other that she was had to dress him in a in a movie that was a great walking away from explosion scene he watched it yeah. and then walked away and exactly then, good point I'm a little tired of everybody just walking away from explosions like I, it's over I love how proud he is he just couldn't wait to tell him. You're at Tillin' you're dead. Yeah. The, the, or I the, find somebody better. The, the look of pride on his face. Hell yeah! Oh, no. No, I've been there and blew it. I'm just here to fight. Diz, my second choice. She's very deserving. Hell yeah. He should have asked her first. He should have known that he wouldn't... Oh, this yeah. is my this is my favorite scene. Dizzy's oh. always the second choice, dude. That's what happens. This is my favorite scene of the whole freaking movie. <laughs> Here's the beer. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Play. Yeah, get out there and have a good time. That's an order. See, more humanization for these characters. Exactly. For these, for Thank these, you. Uh, the older characters. You read my damn mind. Look at him. He was just so... There was all this awesome stuff. He could have picked up a beer, but he picked up a violin. Yeah, he's the entertainment, man. He's the, he's the comic sidekick. And this guy's that hard-ass guy that... Like, if this guy oh, look, lived... He's got a 
He's got some serious scars, too. Yeah, but if that guy lived... Oh, probably if, from Zegama Beach. <laughs> if this guy lived and there wasn't, like, actual bugs, if they were fighting, like, humanoids, he'd have hated these guys for the rest of his life. <laughs> Maybe so. My daughter won't date any half-bug. <laughs> Rico... Rico, you're wasting your time. Yes, sir. Never pass up a good thing. Never pass up a good thing. Ever. It just occurred to me, as if I haven't noticed this dozens of times that I've watched this, that Ace is playing Dixie. He was playing Dixie on that violin, and I don't think that we can get away with that any longer. Like, culturally, we're just not allowed to appreciate that song for any of its merits or flaws. I, uh, I thought and that's that, part, part of I, the timelessness. I, huh? thought th I thought that you were going to say that when uh, Watkins smiled, it clearly revealed that he's gay. <laughs> oh no, I don't think so. I don't think he is. Dude, I'm just rocking your trailer. I mean, man. I don't I don't it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> I'm just well, rocking I don't your think trailer. That, as far as sexuality goes, I don't think there is any depiction of 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 like gender preference outside of like, you know, male female relationships in this. Yeah, I I was just saying that uh that smile clearly meant that Watkins is gay. Maybe so. I didn't I Dude, know. come on, man. I'm just rocking your trailer, man. I'm rocking my trailer. They're rocking their trailer. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I really love her hair. I just think she's a beautiful woman. Oh yeah, she's she's got a lot of wonderful features. Can you imagine getting with a woman that is that capable? Some someone that trustable. I'm going to keep quiet on that one and refer you back to the uh, other other uh, casting that incorporated her, Dragonheart. Did you ever watch that movie? Uh, with uh, not Bill Paxton, the Dennis other, Quaid, the the other guy. Yeah, not Bill Pullman. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Get your shit wired. It was here we, just here we of, go. That, that movie, who's, I don't know. The special that effects in that were awesome, especially since they featured or they focused uh, the dragons' movements on cat movements. The the fact that you were talking about dragons when Ironside is clearly just finished fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, get it together. That is some awful terrain it would to, to mess around in, I think. Sandy. So yeah, it's weird to see a completely new type of bug here. 
But I think that that is uh, also in indicative of what we were talking about earlier with the business of the bugs are just born into what they are capable of doing. You know, people don't have that. You you don't just get to go to Harvard because you're born into something. And a lot of people will argue against that, I think. But, um, you know, if this is a flying bug or you have a blaster bl- bug or a... Or, you know, nobody's going to ask a bug that uh, doesn't have wings to fly around and cut people's heads off. Any of us can figure out how to be a sniper if we show the appropriate acumen. Oh, he's got to kill his own dude. I think that's a really, really telling line also. Uh, at a certain point, you know how bad it can get out there doing this type of work, doing this type of fighting. You can get poisoned. You can lose too much of your body to be capable of continuing. You can bleed out. It's just... It's a harsh it's environment. It's a harsh yeah. environment. What's the environment? It's also like the type of creatures you're going up against. And then you can think about, you know, the, the arachnids aren't using technology. When you, and it's, it is, yes, definitely more reading into it because it's not featured in this movie. But like the skinnies that they fight are an intelligent pseudo-humanoid alien species uh, that is definitely using technology. And in the book, Rico starts the book like we're fighting these, the skinnies. I'm bouncing around, able to leap like hundreds of meters in the air, and then I can just drop nukes on these guys and blow up their 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 homes and their cities before I get called back to my ship. And they're shooting at him the whole time, you know? And guys are getting shot right out of the sky before they even make the landing. But Ratchak, he just understands innately. I've already been there. I've already seen how bad it can get. Watkins has a big slash across his chest that's healed up. Uh, you know, it just, it can be a totally, totally bad scene. So I'm like, he didn't make anybody panic. Like, we all need to stop and right. shoot up there and blow up that flying bug. But you can't couldn't see it anyway. Maybe you're going to create an avalanche. I'm loving how calm he is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's absolutely crisp. You gotta see this. You gotta see this. <laughs> of all the things you gotta see in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It is a trope. But even in then... every it, movie. Instead of explaining what's going on, I need you to come look at this right away. This you is gotta my, see this. My you probably want to get down here, Captain. My favorite line of the whole movie. They sucked his brains out. They sucked his brains out. <laughs> That is ugh, horrendous. Like they, he couldn't have taken a peek in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about sticking your fingers in there indicates that somebody didn't go in with a corkscrew and like pull the brain out? Why does it have to have been sucked out? I love this guy. Now the fact that he's only been in there. Well, the fact that he's in a refrigerator, he's only had to have been there for maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, I've never 
I have never once considered that that was a fridge until now watching all of that fog come out of it. I, I have a real beef with his performance here. I'm sorry. As much as, it, it, as much as his performance lends itself to this, he's a freaking general. And I just don't <laughs> see any general, no matter how shell-shocked they are, flipping out like this. It, it only makes Michael Ironside's character look even better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, like, I will say, if you go back and look at the Thin Red Line, I really particularly liked... Uh, um, I have to look it up. There's a performance in that with an actor who, um, is a sergeant and he's in charge, or a corporal or something. He's in charge of a squad and he gets freaked out, but he doesn't, like, turn into a whiny su wiener like this. A <laughs> wiener. He does turn into a little wiener, doesn't he? <laughs> Rico's got gravitas. You know oh, dude. You know why that general needs to needs to get killed? He's I think he's trying to make them kill him because his operational or his situational understanding just cannot fall into enemy hands. Agreed. That's what he said a minute a minute ago. Yeah, I mean look at this. Mormons in Mexico, man. Dude, for real, I remember watching this the first time and being absolutely like, oh, this is, knowing what they've already been through fighting these guys and fighting these these bugs and what it takes to take down even one, why didn't they this, just this shoot does ramp it up. Like, how are they going to do this? Why didn't they just shoot a couple of nukes out? Good point. Like, where are the nukes? There's no way they were going to qualm that. But what can you do to stop it? Uh, shoot a couple of nukes. <laughs> I mean, you've got a couple of twin 50 cals up there. That's kind of rad. Look at Ratchak's weapon. He doesn't even have... He, for whatever God. reason, he doesn't have the shotgun accessory that yeah, but even Rico then, has. Think about it. Twin 50 cals. And it's barely breaking these guys. Another situation where I would like to divert everybody's attention to Rambo 4, uh, <laughs> colloquially known as Rambo in the franchise. Is that the one where he punches a guy's head clean off his head, off his, off his body? Um, maybe. I can't recall that. I just remember the Rambo on the 50 cal on the Jeep sequence that went on and on and on, and you've never seen more humans explode in your life. Gotta love Stallone. Stallone, man. Yeah, I, I had Rocky Four on the other day. Dude, I've never seen any of the Rockies. Oh, my. Wait, I've seen the one with Mr. Okay, T. Okay, I've, I've seen the one Let's, with Mr. T. That's Rocky Three. Hasn't seen Rocky. You call yourself an American. <laughs> I will watch it later. Just tell me there's a wrestler in it. Yeah, uh, Hulk Hogan. Rocky three. Out. Out. We're done talking. I gotta go back We're to shooting. They need one done. more guy with a gun on the line. Jesus. Everybody thought that World War Z was 
so clever for having the zombies pile on top of one another to get places, and here we'd seen it in 1997 with these bugs. Didn't even bother watching that dumbass movie. Yeah, it was... I mean, Max Brooks rules, but... There were sequences in it that were awesome, but others not so great. I love the whole thing that happened in Israel. That was amazing. The problem with World War Z is that by the time that movie got produced, so many writers had their hands in it that it really felt like you were watching three different, like, it felt like it was you were watching a movie that three or four different people had written. Consistency, pacing, it was all very messed up. A lot of complaints. And where's the sequel we've been getting, we were promised? Now, this is the real tension in the movie. This is something else, man. I mean, like, there's the... After this, this, it, like, this blows the wad for the movie. This isn't jumping the shark. But, like, this is the most intense piece that you've got. It's astonishing that there's more movie after this. It's like watching The Matrix Reloaded after the entire, like, motorcycle slash car chase and then the whole fight on top of the semi-trailer and then Neo coming in and saving the day. I was like, how could there be anything else more exciting than this in the rest of this movie? And then because the movie's ending got really intelligent, I was very satisfied. And then look at the, look at the, like, it's a little disjointed to have this kind of, like, heroic music. We are going to win because but, we're going to escape. But, but they're not doing anything heroic. They're escaping. Oh, dude, this is a crescendo, one of the crescendos of the movie here. And before yeah. he dies, i got to say that this music was perfectly orchestrated. Oh, yeah, Basil Polduris it, it, absolutely It's not dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It, it's... Yeah. Look at it's that. It's just tragic. It's, <laughs> it's the theme, but it's a reprise. His legs are Rico, gone. You know what to do. You know what to do. Yes, sir. But he could have survived it's that. It's incredible that he did it. Like, what, what are the redeeming qualities of this? We could not wrap our heads around this as viewers in 1997. And a lot of people, like... I will be interested in knowing what my son thinks of this. He just killed his commander rather than dragging him onto onto the ship that was right there. Oh damn. <clears throat> Not this. Don't turn around, don't turn around, just keep running. And why did he start just shooting then? Well, well he would have hit her otherwise. What now was there's it? no choice. You have to risk hitting her to save her. I mean, so many decisions he has oh, to make. All one impaled. after the other. Impaled. Fight or flight. Oh, man. Yeah, you don't take that out. Yeah, you should have left, out. left that, that in. Decision. Should have left it in. Was it poisoning her? No. Should have left it in. Yeah. The, fa the fact that he killed Ironside and uh, his legs were blown off. They've got cybernetic everything. Yeah.
it's pretty rad to actually get Xander, who you can't re you, you you haven't really found a way to like up to this point. I think I like have him. him get out. Like I never like I appreciate that you like him through the whole show because you appreciate his motivations. I never saw it that way. I did just was like, ah, this is I, that pretty boy prick that got I, the girl. I, I do want like, to say that it when was he only got because... out there and started shooting, and he doesn't even know who he's there to rescue, it does not matter. They are him, and that means they're all. I'm only their society. I'm only liking him in hindsight. Dude, I'll never look at this movie the same way, and I really appreciate your opinion. I appreciate yours, man. This is this has been an experience. It's just amazing. I can't believe there's more movie, you know? And that that's what I'm saying is like do you I mean, I got I have to impress upon you what I, what I mean. Like they didn't do anything heroic. They wandered around on this planet. They set they lost a bunch of people. For what? And they don't even know. And then we lose one of our A our our like alpha team characters here. They don't know why. And Man, and then like, look, and look, he does the right thing here. He does the right thing. He does. He does do the right thing. Your friend. <laughs> He's not being an asshole. No, you can, you can I mean, always you can always tell. He's downplaying the their relationship just enough to suggest what's necessary for him, but. I've lost a lot of good troopers. Yeah. That would be mine, sir. Look I really don't think the helmet thing was necessary. A, her hair wouldn't have fit in there under any circumstances. And B, for this reveal, it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, they operate together. It would have been more interesting to me if he'd wondered where she was. Like, did, you, did we lose Carmen, too, at some point? You know? Correct, correct. That would have been cool. Fleet. I don't know. It's a missed opportunity, but I don't think it's critical or anything. Fleet does the flying. MI just does the dying. It's just situational understanding. Look, that entire unit, all of Ratshack's Roughnecks, that's it. They all fit. That's not even one of the big landers. Oh, man. Is this an ode to uh, Rathacon? It really isn't. No, no. I don't think that it is. Well, they didn't put her in a sunglass case, but... Uh... <laughs> Torpedo tube. This has got to be Rathacon. No, this is just naval tradition, even though they're not navy. You... You drop the body overboard. You cannot carry a body back to England or France or wherever for, you know, a month or two months or something from the other side of the planet and all of that. You, you've you got to get rid of them. The only time I really know of anybody taking a body all the way back was when Lord Admiral Nelson was shot in the spine by a French Marine. Uh, oh, no. I'm sorry, a sp uh, I dare say it was a... Oh, God. I'm really losing it here. Spanish? No, French. Uh, at the Battle of Trafalgar. 
And they pickled him. They put him in one of the casks of rum so that he could be buried in England because he was Lord Admiral Nelson and he had a legendary career before that battle. Look at this. This is full SS. <laughs> this is incredible. I, dude, you know, what it, what it comes down to is... I gotta say, I, you know, and I've heard it. I've heard it said that he could be a Soviet. That could be a Soviet-looking uniform. Absolute I mean. Soviet. But yeah. I, lo- I love the. Uh, it's free the, the... of ostentatious metals. Yeah, but it's the back and forth from when they pledge to always remember. And here yeah. they are. Well, here they are, and they're not exactly being friends right now, but no. they save that for that parting shot of them at the end of the show. Agreed. It's this great. is it, though. This is the crux of the film. We're in this for the species. They have more. I remember when this came out that it was a novelty that Neil Patrick Harris was in this movie. It was a big deal because he came, he was just coming off of a four season stint on Doogie Howser, but and he hadn't really been in a ton of stuff since then. You ever notice it looks like the their logo is an eagle upside down? Yeah, I actually have patches. That I got years and years ago that came with some kind of Starship Troopers product uh, of the of that logo and the MI wing that's on their sleeve uh, that I don't know why I've never stuck on anything, but I guess I couldn't find we, anything I really wanted to put it on. Here we go with the kids. Look, I know, dude. It's okay. So let's let's reexamine that. Kids, it's not that. I mean, all of those kids 13, are actual 14? teenagers. Those guys yeah. are... It's not that... This is where... Okay, if the story was about a guy who joined up because Buenos Aires got hit, he would be in that unit now. Or he would have been in the same type of unit that uh, Watkins came from. One rule... We get you, sir. Rico's Roughnecks. I really, really appreciate that it was Watkins who said that and not Ace. That they gave him that line. Absolutely. So good. It mattered. It mattered because it came from him. If it came from anyone else, it wouldn't have mattered. I don't. I, I think it would have mattered if it was Ace, but I think that the impact is so much better. Well, after way. that fight and all that bullshit when they first showed up, th- this <laughs> yeah, is, good point. This oh is, my god, way to go, dude. Good point. This is riding 101, children. Oh man, pay, oh, atten- my, pay attention. My stuff hung up. Not not you. What 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 time code are you on? I am on. One forty three thirteen. Oh no way, dude! Fantastic. I had an I had an issue because my headphone popped out, and uh, I clicked ten seconds and popped up. I'm one second ahead of you now. It's wonderful. Damn! Oh, what a hit! That was a that was rolling a twenty right Why there. Why were those people even in the mess hall? 
<laughs> yeah, they're, you're in a situation. You're in a combat drop right now. There, there. None of these people have any business sitting around in these giant spaces on the ship. You know. We're just gonna get lunch. Yeah. <laughs> this is a red alert, guys. If Riker, if Riker says red alert, put your goddamn sandwich down. <laughs> Look at that. I love, I love the CGI on this. Watching all the people floating out, sucked into space. Oh, damn. Such a dipshit way to kill her. She should have just been like, I gotta make sure this thing happens. I'm going down with the ship. I like how no one's panicking and freaking out. <laughs> They're... Yeah, exactly. Your sarcasm is well appreciated. <laughs> like... It just feels like exactly none of these people have any idea what they're supposed to do in this situation. Where are they running? What's the purpose? And then of, this this launch the bay is idiotic. What's the like purpose you, of the ship if all these assholes are just eating eating lunch and getting sucked out into space? Like, like why do they have this many personnel on such a giant ship? Like, one of the things I love about Star Trek is yeah, that, that... it's not that, a battle star, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, exactly. There should it's not, not even be... a Star Destroyer. It's There's just like... We never see any ordnance come should... from any of these, you know, battleships. They're just... They're not battleships. They're just troop transports. And they're like a bit carriers, you know? You do get to see uh, the landing pad with the TAC fighters on it at some point, but like... <laughs> Dead guy in the windshield. Here we go. We got entrance. That 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 this tiny shuttle can make entrance. Amazing. Like why with all of those other starships in orbit, why didn't they go land on one of those starships? Johnny He's thinking. Getting tarred. That this ship can make entrance. Boom. I don't know if they put them on a gimbal and move the camera around for that effect. But that's some really good stuff. Awesome. I love this scene. Oh yeah, trouble is all around. Hell yeah. I'm pouring myself some more hot tea here. 
I'm gonna pour myself a more adult beverage. <laughs> We're in a hostile environment. <laughs> yeah, situation is extremely hostile. see her, these guys actually get to use these weapons, you know? I agree. We good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Search party! Rescue detail! I like the fact see? that he would yeah. divert. I love the fact that he would divert just to... because he knows that Johnny... Johnny would want it. But we got bigger bigger things to deal with. He exactly. Does, They're going to go off mission for, you know, one person? Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, rescuing anybody's probably a good idea. Look at that. But. It's through the sleeve. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awful. My favorite meme of all time is the brain bug. And uh, Doogie Hauser, it was a, it wasn't, oh, yeah. it, it wasn't the brain bug, it was this fat, naked chick holding her legs up, and someone superimposed Doogie Hauser, <laughs> Sick. touching her, just going, it's afraid. <laughs> Gross. Dude, it was, it was, the woman was that big. <laughs> Here we go. Finally. Yeah, I do really love, you know, it's a science fiction movie that does not touch heavily on the uh uh on this mental acumen, this this telepathy. It that's that's like that's the F plot of this movie, you know? And then that's the thing that helps Jesus, save like, the day. Like more like end plot. There's so many things going on here. Yeah, there is. Oh my god, how far down does it go before that one little trick saves the day in two ways here at the end? You know, and I really, really, really love that one of the protagonists who is shunted off into mostly doing off-panel off stuff uh, throughout the show becomes almost more important to the circumstances than our heroes. You know what I mean? Carl oh God. coming in at the end I, like that. I absolutely do. Now, now, this CGI is great. I wish they had actually made the practical effect on this, but it's still great. Yeah, all those eyes, all of these different hues, the uh, the the gradients of color. This thing is truly revolting, despite what it's trying to depict. 
And it's kind of... I mean, it's a little difficult to even quantify this thing as a bug. But I guess it's more like a gigantic grub, right? Absolutely. Definitely makes me think of Emrakul from Magic the Gathering. That'd have been great if human spit would have burned their skin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, this is great practical effect. That's amazing. Brains yeah. getting sucked out. Love it. Love it. Totally hideous. Do you ever notice the, the the roach bugs carrying it? Yeah, yeah. They're like a red carpet for the queen, you know? <laughs> you know what this is? <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> Her arm perfectly, uh... <laughs> yeah, still, still functioning. No, man, it's it's all over. I'd be holding that arm steady. Do not want that thing to jostle or move. Where you turned it up on purpose. <laughs> and, and now they know where to shoot the bugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can do a giant pile of them. It wouldn't be bad if they'd been like, hey, we got the new ammunition or something like that. Ah, oh, Watkins. Taking another one across the belly this time. Dude, you're going to hate Halloween with me when I make you watch uh, Hellraiser 2. Okay. Just trying to kill some bugs. I love it. He knows he's gone. Let's do this. Well, that's another aspect of it. It's the question of, like, there's always going to be someone to replace you until you run out of people and they're 13 years old, you know? Yep. The fact that they can make it out of the tunnels that fast. Well, we're talking about nukes, and it's just a question of, like, if you split an atom, it would, you know, fling your desk sky high. But we're talking about nukes, and it's like, okay, well, is this radiation we're getting hit with? And It's a very controlled type of detonation, I suppose. I, I don't really know the science behind whether or not those things make any, any, any sense. I do like that, like, her expression there. I've always appreciated her expression. It, was she thinking about Xander, or is she just extraordinarily tired? You know, it's, it isn't, I, I'm sure she was thinking about Xander. I appreciate the fact dead, that she but... knows how to work the ordinance, man. 
What do you mean? She doesn't the weapons? Th yeah. No, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, that's basic training. Everybody has to know how to shoot. There we go. This also is an awesome reveal at the end. Not not the business with Carl. Well, I mean, even the thing if, with with Sergeant Zim in particular. Even if like you don't know what's going on, if you've ever played a video game before and fought a big bad boss. <laughs> and we got Soviet <laughs> Soviet Carl. <laughs> Got a little bit of that Warhammer 40k appeal. That's, Cur that's Dale Dye right there. That's the actual Colonel Dale Dye, who did the uh, who trained everybody, and he is a military technical advisor, who has been who has worked on dozens and dozens nice. of movies and TV shows. It's afraid. <laughs> You're goddamn right. This is the moment we need with the pandemic. Why we need everyone... to know that the virus is afraid. Agreed. And why is everyone so happy? There's still like dozens and dozens of bug tunnels. I think it's that they realize if they're afraid, then you can either reason with them or... You can force them into some kind of capitulation because they are thinking. But it's kind of weird that all of these regular grunts would be aware of that. There's a drill instructor. Name's Zim. <clears throat> Hell yeah! I love Zim. Awesome. Zim got the brain, man. That's private. Yeah. What do you think he did to uh, demote himself? Kiss his uh, commanding officer? <laughs> no, I mean, his, his, his CO said you can't go unless you get demoted. And I think he said, then demote me, you know, and that's it. Look at that ripple effect on the bug. That's oh, yeah. Rad. Look at <laughs> <laughs> Sensor. <laughs> I like these new Romulan style starships they've got. Nice. Captain. Yeah. Okay, you've got uh, six months of experience. You clearly need to have a starship at this point. You want to live forever. So this is one of the things that I was concerning myself with earlier was the idea that do these characters are they concerned with what's going on in this war or what it's going to do to them in their society? No, they're fighting for their society flat out no matter what and that's all they've needed to do. It's not, they're not worried about whether or not they're doing it for the right reasons. The right reasons are all presented for them. Whether they started this thing or not, they've got to win. Or they will be annihilated, you know? I mean, that's just what it is. The one thing I wanted to lead off was that... 
yeah, this was a gigantic piece into the exploration of propaganda and what it's like to fight a war. But think about Captain America. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. If you if you look back at Captain America punching out Hitler on the very first page cover. Yeah, completely. And I love the fact that they explored that in the original Captain America movie. Well, not the original, original one, but the one with Chris Evans. Right. Uh And and they really shit on him from being the propaganda guy. I love the fact that the Russo brothers really took the, the time to acknowledge that. That it was a propaganda piece, but, and then expand about, expand upon it. God. This movie just makes me feel happy to be human. It makes me hopeful. Because... <laughs> it, it does. It does. Because uh, science fiction it leads the way. The, the imagination... It really of, does. The imagination of the people that you picked on in high school and, and, and junior high are picking up the pieces and thinking of things that make things better. I don't imagine this book or this movie was made to really be something like we just want to see some bugs get killed. No, we're 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 talking about community. We're talking about society. And that's what Paul Verhoeven always tackles. Even in Basic Instinct. Um God, that's hard to make an dis- <laughs> yeah, argument for. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because at, at the very, I mean, arguably showgirls, maybe not so much, but uh, like Basic Instinct, at the in in essence, it's playing on the idea of how do I say this? Everybody in that movie has some idea of what they think things are supposed to be like, and everything is challenged by a strong female character who they think is dangerous because of her lifestyle. Well, they're basing everything around that instead of really trying to ascertain what her personality is and what she would really do and what her character is. But at a certain point, you have to wonder how much of your personality is wrapped up in your character. How much is your character wrapped up in your personality? So, I mean, it's the same. We're looking. Yeah, you're right. We're looking at it here. These guys, these people are all based on their nationalism. And their character is built around it. Well, I hope that anyone that watched this with us can feel the solidarity of what it's like to be human. Especially with what's going on right now how we have to be careful to really be careful now i mean yeah this is where yeah we all have to go out and we have to we have to decon ourselves we are decontaminate when you walk in the door you've got to you've got to change the way you're living this is a thing okay go back and look at avengers age of ultron that was his entire beef with humanity you guys all want to save the world but you're ter- you, but you're 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 terrified of changing. You know, maybe making the world a, a better place, a tougher place to protect us from worse things down the road means that there has to be less of us. I'd hate to think that's the case. But we can change. 
We can change what we're doing and how we're operating. And we can toughen ourselves for it. The Chinese have been sitting there with SARS, wearing masks and spraying things down for more than a decade now. They know it can be bad. And that's all a a measure of how much you want to consider what is bad. You're like, oh, you know, 6,000 people died or... You know, we, we I'm, I'm starting to see these memes where people are like, uh, this has only infected this many people and this many people have died, but the flu kills 20,000 people a year or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I think we're going to see those numbers. And I think we're going to see more than those numbers. And the flu is different because the incubation time isn't so quiet and extended. So without getting into all of the science behind this and the concerns, society changed to make this story possible. They eliminated democracy and social scientists, i.e. like a Congress and, you know, uh, the, uh, the trilateral system of United States governance or whatever else was going on. And they became a dictatorial society. You know, uh, a benevolent dictatorship, dictatorship, and it saved them from the brink. So you got to wonder how bad it was for them to decide to give up their liberties like that and to change what their Bill of Rights really meant. Especially to uh, elect a new Sky Marshal immediately. I th- yeah, I mean, that's just a question of like, okay, hey, you got to take your licks and you got to w- go down washout lane. Or does that guy still have merit does he still have something he can do for the culture <coughs> because as, as when you have situational understanding you you don't get rid of that just because you have a failure you have a reduced role but you can still be an advisor it happened to ace oh i was a terrible squad leader but i'm still a good soldier you know and johnny took his licks and look where he rose to Exactly. Of course, he was going to wash out, but he, but that then, but it was a war. War was on. You know, yeah, you need all the hands you can get. You're right. And, and so, I mean, that's the whole point. The, com- the concern that I hear most about this movie is from people who look at it and they're that dickhead drinking coffee and smoking at Denny's at three in the morning. Oh, yeah. Who feels like they've got something that they're just, they're, they're just so smart. That movie's about fascists. That movie glorifies the military. No, it it doesn't necessarily. It's science fiction. Now, and science fiction shows you what your life can become. I do and just because just because they didn't say the redeeming quality of humanity is that we need to get out of this Fahrenheit four fifty one circumstance or break down you know equilibrium with Christian Bale uh, or something like that. You know, like you go back and look at Dune. They didn't break down their society in that. They saved that for the sequel. They played into the society. They used the weakness of their society to demand for better for them. But they didn't say this society has to come to an end. They just said, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to take over within the system. Because the system is important. And that's what I love. This show sticks to its guns about what their society is it doesn't apologize for it 
even if they got drawn into the war uh, by a false flag operation, if that's even the case. But it doesn't apologize for the fact of maybe needing a villain for them all to focus on. But you got to realize the bugs didn't have a natural resource that we were trying to exploit. Precisely. And they were attacking us at some length for however long in an effort to get there. I think it was the idea that they are a prolific species that could overwhelm us. Imagine if the bugs made it to Earth. You know, that was always Ripley's concept in the Aliens franchise. We cannot let one of these things make it to Earth. Not one. No amount of deaths. Not one. No matter who they happen to be is worth it to get these things to Earth to be bastardized into whatever you think you can make them because they cannot be that thing for you. I gotta say, the, the, the penultimate Aliens story to me is definitely the Dark Horse comics that were the sequel where Newt and, uh, and, and uh, a guy that turned out to be an android, he didn't even know he was an android, his name was Butler, had been in love and blah, 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 and, and, um, uh, and um, Hicks was still alive and... They had been stuck on a ship for a long time that was taking the aliens to Earth, and then the aliens just have resorted to their regular nature uh, by the end of the story. They couldn't be made into soldiers for the for this colonel or general or whomever it was. And it is a true examination of... Uh, no, i got to turn this thing off. It is a true examination of what it is to live in that society that you all know, you know, yeah, we're working for the company... But it is our society. And that's why I can appreciate what goes on in like Alien 4 and saying our society is completely different now. The military controls it, not the company. And is it any better because that's the case? But we're still trying to make these freaking aliens do what we want. For what? For profit? Who knows? For science? I don't know. But like in the end, science fiction shows us a world that maybe we're looking at a utopia. Maybe we were looking at something else, but like science fiction shows us a world where the world that we need to watch out for because it, we, it could be Skynet, you know, it could be going out into the universe and encountering the Borg. You thought you could, you thought you could tackle Whatever, and you get out there and you encounter the Klingons, and the Klingons are a bad deal. But you eventually make friends with them. But then what have you got? Well, the Borg, you know, or the Dominion, or whatever. I'm not qualifying Star Wars as any of this, because that's, that's a different story altogether. It's, it's science fiction, but not in the scope of, like, warning you about society, despite the fact that there is an evil galactic empire. I don't know. What else, what else have you got, man? What other takeaways have you on this fantastic feature film? I like the fact that the war was happening without some sort of uh, natural resource that we were looking for. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just species. I, I, I wonder if the bugs knew that we were dissecting them and studying them. I wonder. It, I love the fact that we're still within the same solar system. It it it, it makes me think. We we don't know, but. There's there's tons of things that we don't know. 
uh, we can only monitor so many so much of the sky. <laughs> yeah. And, That's uh, one of my favorite things that Neil deGrasse Tyson said recently. Or well, not, maybe not recently, but that I, I, I listened to him make a point about. Like the, He says, one of the things that keeps me up at night is wondering about the kind of information we're getting from the stars. When we're looking at light and it's either moving away from us or coming towards us, and we're able to measure a distance based on all these different factors and how gravity might bend the light and whatever, we're only seeing as far as the horizon on the galactic plane. As far away as we can see. And some of that stuff isn't out there anymore. And what details exist that cultures, that our culture knew about and has lost over time... That we would be getting beyond that galactic plane, that galactic uh, horizon. I mean, I'm prob- I'm paraphrasing that really horribly. I I would suggest checking that stuff out on YouTube. Try to find some some of that. He definitely explains it a lot better than I did. You said it better than I could. <laughs> All right, man. What do you think? I think that I've done my part. <laughs> Very good. I would I, I, I don't I would like to know more, but um, yeah, <laughs> no. uh, guys, uh, minefielders, friends and followers, if you know if you've got any concerns or questions, you got any thoughts, hit us up. We'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, message us on on Facebook, send us emails, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, thank you for checking this out. This has been I, I've been I was totally overjoyed to get to do this one. We've got uh, several other movies that we want to do uh, commentary tracks on coming up. We've got one that just begs a, a bunch more research because um, just like anything, it's rarely ever just one movie. It's got to be comics and toys and all that other stuff right now. I will say that I did buy um, a bunch uh, like a bunch of Starship Troopers toys when they came out. I had the Micro Machine sets. Um, I had... Uh, some of the action fleet size stuff. And then I'll tell you, uh, the Starship Troopers pinball machine, if you can find that thing, that is a wicked, a wicked taskmaster of a game. But it is quite rewarding if you can figure out the gameplay on it. And if you find one and you don't know what you're doing, get a hold of me and I'll try to explain it to you. I've been able to play one live standing version at a movie theater in like 1999. And I played another one at Texas Pinball Festival. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I played it at uh, Pinballs in Austin, Texas. Uh, 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 most of the time I go down there, I go check that place out to play some pinball. And um, it's a cool game. Uh, yeah. Also, YouTube, if you like the movie, or if you like the score for the movie, uh, definitely get on YouTube and look for the Basil Polduris uh, complete score. It's quite rewarding as well. Um you're going to hear themes in there that you usually got overblown by special effects. So there you have it. Uh, yeah, man. What else can you say? I can say that that was extremely rewarding. <laughs> I said that too many times. All right. This transmission is over. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This is dangerous. I'm still, I'm still recording.
dude, 